Hello everyone, welcome to Let Me Tell You About Evangelion Alternative Edition. Uh, I'm Ashley, and I'm here with Luke. You are. And we're talking about FLCL Alternative. Yeah. Which, uh, obviously because it doesn't have kind of the wackiness that the other two don't, this is obviously the worst season. Yeah, this is clearly going to be the bad one, you know. I remember people saying that. Really? Is that, like, oh, yeah, like, progressive, it's it's still weird and, like, cool and interesting, like, thing, but, like, alternative just feels like a normal anime, so it's kind of boring. I mean, it does feel a little bit like just a normal anime, but, like, with the way that the progressive went, that's fine. Yeah, like... <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I think, like, especially if you're talking about the original FLCL, a lot of artistry went into that. Uh, a lot of, like, talent and experimental ideas in terms of, like, you know, animation techniques and, and filmmaking techniques. And this doesn't really have any of that. Like, Progressive mostly didn't. But, like, all of that artistry was used in service of something bad. <laughs> so, like, I would rather just nail the fundamentals of it and I'll like it more than if it's something bad that's dolled up real good. Yeah, like, it's interesting because, like, we're talking about fundamentals when we were like, but we don't really like where the fundamentals went were. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of talked about this a little bit. It feels like this is a very good evolution of what Fooly Cooly was. In some ways, yeah, definitely. That this is... That it makes sense that what they would go from of, like, going from, like, get, like, learning yourself and, like, puberty. Right. Is going into the adult world, being 17. Right. Well, and just the idea that, like, it's still very silly and has a lot of, like, you know, it's about adolescence and all that stuff. But whereas Fully Cooly is all about just, like the biggest, most, like, expressive ways to be like, yeah, being young and horny. There's something, like, this This show has, like, moments of, like, melancholy, and not in the way that the old one did with, like, Mimimi, but, like, this feels like it has an almost, like, nostalgic perspective in a way that makes sense for a sequel show like this to have. You know what I mean? Yes. There's, like, something kind of wistful about it. There is a sense of, like, someone talking about... Their, like, high school years. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially in some of the narrations. Definitely. Yeah, I... I mean, we got three episodes to go, and there's not as much of, like... It's not teasing a big grand plot the way kind of either of the first two shows did. It's much more just kind of loose and character-based. So <laughs> we'll see, like, how it goes, like, as far as the overall dramatic arc, but... I enjoyed watching these for the most part. Yeah, I... Like, I have criticisms. I think we both have the same criticisms in some ways. Yes. That we will get into. Um, but, like, for the most part, it was just nice to watch. Yeah, like, I, I felt myself, like, really vibing with the show at a lot of points. They had the really crazy idea that what if our main character was likable? What if multiple characters were likable? Yeah, and also, what if there was a whole likable supporting cast? It's, it's weird. Yeah, uh, yeah, what if, 
you know, like, they have a group of friends in each of these shows. What if this time, like, all of them were characters <laughs> with, like, and, dimensionality? And what if instead of, like, all of those characters being, like, only their characterization being vaguely horny? Right. They had, like, dreams and hopes. Yeah, and, like, they can be horny, too, sometimes. That's fine. Yeah, that's, like, a part of life. Sure, but it's they are more than that. I, when I, we started on this trek, yeah. this is not what I expected. No! <laughs> to be the person who's like, yeah, like, Fully Cool Alternative might be the best one. Boy, yeah, I think it's kind of funny that the the one that we're saying is the good one is called Alternative. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I want to see where it goes and how it wraps up, but I... Yeah, like... Because here's the thing. We were super high on the original show at episode three. That's fair, yeah. It could totally it, shit the bed still. It could totally shit the bed still. There are parts of this that I have, like, reservations about. Yeah. And that, like, I'm not liking. Right. But, yeah, like, overall, I am digging this. Yes, agreed. Uh, so, I guess we should just get into the show? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, we start with, like, kind of, our, our main character, Kana. Yeah. Uh, who is a 17-year-old high school student, mm -hmm. like, going into college, like, preparing for college. Right. Uh. I really love this opening sequence. This opening sequence, I actually, like, stopped it and rewatched it just because I liked it so much. Yeah. Like, it's it's reminiscent of sort of Nauta's opening speech in the first Fully Cooley, but it's it's not the same thing. It's not just replicating it. Yeah, and um, yeah. So, something that I really noticed is that, like, while Fully Cooley Progressive, like, kept a lot of, like, the almost, like, sketchiness of mm -hmm. Fully Cooley and, like, just the way it was drawn. Right. Of, like... Like, this feels like a modern anime. Like, this feels like... Yeah. Like, they could have just... Euphonium like, if you or, took Haruko out of this show and just changed the name of it, it wouldn't feel like it was Fully Cooley. Yeah. Um, Which I'm sure, for some people, is, like, a mark against it. Right, but after watching the first two seasons of Fully Cooley, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I like I like that she has a uh broken ass phone. Yeah, I love that detail. So yeah, the, the opening sequence is like it's this slow, quiet scene of her like putting her shoes on in the morning and like walking down the street, putting her earbuds in, and then she pulls up her phone, which yeah, the screen is all cracked, which yeah, that's of course it is. She's a high school kid. She's like also like this very goofy kind of uh like Kind of messing up a lot, high school kid. Right. And then, yeah, she, like, hits play on her, like, music app or whatever, and then the the music starts to play as you get just kind of panoramic shots of her town that is, like, accented with almost this, like, chalk drawing over top of it where, like, little, like, animated chalk fireworks or some people are outlined in chalk as they're walking around, that kind of thing. Yeah, or there's, like, chalk flowers growing, and... Yeah. It's a really cool look, and her speech 
is, like, with Nauta and Mamimi, like, they're kind of weird for the sake of weird, and also especially with Nauta, it's like, alright, you fucking asshole, like, right, you yeah. kid. You're 12, you little shithead. <laughs> well, this feels more like... It's still, like, a bit of, like, it's weird that a kid would be, like, saying this. Mm, yes and no. I mean, high school I, kids I, I are guess, definitely... I guess, like, a 17-year-old. Yeah. Like, uh, but it just feels, like, much more true. Like, you know, like, oh, the day, like, at the end of the day, it's too much for my migraine. And yeah, my... I mean, yeah, I mean, let, let me just read it here. Every day drifts off into an orange light... Uh, it's too bright for my migraine or my eyes that are swollen from crying all night. But familiarity can be a novelty. So even if tomorrow is just a gathering of yesterdays, this is going too slow for me to really read. Cracked and tangled, like my favorite nail art. And worn out loafers. My, like, like my yeah. favorite nail art is one of like my favorite bits of that. Yeah, yeah, and it just ends with, she says, in this city, I will. And it's like, period, not I will something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because like you said, her characterization of this is very, like, silly and happy-go-lucky, but our introduction to her is, like, a lot more melancholy than how she normally is in this show. She's just kind of, like, walking by herself and talking about how her eyes are swollen because she was crying all night long. Yeah. And, like, you would not assume that that would be a thing with her just based on how she acts in, like, the next scene. Yes, and we can kind of, like, as the story goes, like, we get that she is, like, having a lot of doubts about herself. Right. And is, in some ways, like, putting that doubt onto, like, other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. I like Kana. I like her a lot, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, and, I Like we said, I like all of her, like, friend group. Yeah. Um, and she, like, looks up and sees this rocket taking off. Yeah, and it's just this, like, slow shot of, like, this rocket super far in the distance, like, leaving a trail of smoke behind it as it, like, flies up to some kind of light up in the sky. Yeah, uh, and so we are kind of meet her friend group. Uh, there's Kana, who's the main character. There's Toonami, who's known as Pets. Yeah. Who is kind of the, in these first three episodes, the only one we don't really get a focus on. Yeah, I would assume that, like, probably the next episode will be a Pets-focused episode. Yeah, but she seems very much more, like, quiet and laid back. Yeah, and she's, and, uh, like, the big thing she's usually doing is just, like, taking pictures of everything with her phone. Yeah, and smoking. Oh, I missed that she was smoking. Or at least she's, like, it's, like, having something that looks like cigarettes in her mouth a lot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh, then you have Hachiri, who's this kind of, like, very model-like girl. Right. Who is modeling for local zines. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Moriyama, also known as Masan. Yeah. Uh, who is, uh, like, their friend who's, like, super into fashion and design. She is, but we're not gonna know that about her for a few episodes, because for and now, in this opening scene, her characterization is that she's the overweight one. Yeah, which sucks. So, okay. The, I, I feel like Masan is maybe the part of this show that both of us have the most to, like, say about. Yeah. Or the most negative to say about, at the very least. Uh, and that is not just some of me, like, repeating my old things of, man, I hate Haruko. Well, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, 
Masan's like we were introduced to her by she is trying to raise her foot high enough to like put her shoe in a foot locker or in, in like a shoe locker without using her hands because she's got a huge armful of snacks. She's got like a whole yes. two liter of Dr. Pepper and then just like a whole bunch of snacks. We saw her like buying them in the, the opening scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is basically going to constantly be eating anytime she's on screen. Yeah, which it super fucking sucks because I like her character even before we get like deeper characterization of her. Right. So here's the thing. A lot like the characters don't really like. She's not really the butt of jokes other than isn't it funny how often she's eating. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like she is a fully fleshed out character that everybody takes seriously and doesn't like shame. But she's constantly eating always. The, like the way it is framed of like always having these snacks. Right. And like as someone who is pretty overweight, I'll say you don't have to eat that often to have that shape of a body. No. Uh, and it's just, like, it almost comes across to me less like a fat joke, per se, and more like the people that made this show don't understand how being overweight works. Yeah, like... It, it, it almost feels like their thought is, well, I mean, she, I mean, she'd have to be eating that much to be that fat, right? That's the only way it would like, even make sense. Like, especially when we see her family. Right, and her family's and, like, also all ha- overweight. Yeah, like, has that, like, similar build. It just seems like, no, that's just how she is. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's weird because it, it could be so much worse than it is, but it's still bad. Yeah. But it, it, it I, there's a part of me that is tempted to give it credit for not being as bad as it could be, even though it still sucks. Like, yeah, like, and I don't want to give it that. No, me neither. Like, it would be cool if there could just be this overweight character who is, like, there aren't any, like, that this part of it isn't, like, a joke. Right, yeah. Because I mean, honestly, like, um, Goro in the last show, he's not, he's overweight and he's not constantly eating, but I feel like the show uses his weight as a joke way more than it does Hassan. Mm-hmm. And also just like, oh, isn't it funny that, like, this attractive Moe girl would go out with him? Right. Like, just that thought. Yeah, exactly. Or like, just him with like, their beach episode where like, his belly is hanging out over his swimsuit, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. We're like, they're very much making... It is supposed to be funny that he is overweight, whereas with Masan, it's just, no, that's just who she is, but also she is almost always talking with a mouthful of food. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it, it's... Like, kind of where I've ended up off of these three episodes is that, basically like what we said... I like Masan. Wish that wasn't like wish that little bit wasn't part of it. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, it, it would make me go like, "Oh, this is a great character." Yeah, like she she's likable. The other characters like and respect her. Yeah, like yeah. It's just it's a weird thing. Like that's the thing to me. It's that it's not just that it's bad. It's bad in an odd way because so much about it feels 
well-intentioned and good-spirited other than the constant eating thing. Yeah, like, what I was really worried about is that Hijiri, who, like, in this first one, they're, like, freaking out that she is on this zine, like, front page. Right, yeah. Would be like, oh, she's going to be kind of, like, the classic bitch character. Right, which she's not at all. Which, no, she's just, like, a super cool person. Yeah. Like, I think, honestly, that's the one of the things I like the most about this is that all four of these characters just really love and respect one another. Yeah, like, there's just a lot of talk about, like, no, we're your friend, we need to support you. Yeah, like, each of them can give you, like, in-depth reasons for why each other one is a great person that they love. Yeah, it's really nice. It is! It's just very <laughs> positive. Like, a lot of people have talked about, like, how, like... Friendship, especially friendships that can be kind of like needling, yeah, are portrayed in fiction. Uh huh. Where it can be weird that like friends who are always like yelling at each other and like cutting each other down, yeah, and they'll like do that here, but it's you see that element of like, oh, these people are super close, right, and obviously love and respect each other. That it doesn't feel like, oh, all of these friends are just, like, super mean towards each other all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels like, oh, every so often they make a, a needling joke because that's what they do. They're friends. Right, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, they all go to class after kind of, like, freaking out that uh, Hijiri got on the, the magazine cover. And their teacher... I, I like yeah, the joke of, like... Everyone, like, they're all freaking out and something like, no, like, she's, like, there's only, like, 50 copies of that. It's not that. Right, yeah. Also, uh, Pets, like, she's giving this kind of very non-committal smile on the cover. Uh-huh, yeah, and yeah, And Pets yeah. is like, oh, she's really making that smile happen. <laughs> uh... But yeah, uh, they go to class and their teacher is talking about how they have a very important event today after school because the basketball team... Is it like a pep rally or something? I, I think it's like one of their first basketball games of like the season. Yeah, and both like the captain of the team and the team manager get up to talk about how this is everyone needs to come out and show their support for the basketball team because today's going to be the day they break their... Losing streak of 62 straight losses. My guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Masan kind of makes fun of them to... I'm going to get the names down eventually. Who's the main girl? Uh, Kana. Kana. Uh, kind of makes fun of, her to, fun of them to Kana, who is not paying attention because she has a crush on the basketball manager kid. Yeah. Who has... Uh I would say a total of three minutes of screen time in this uh, first three episodes. Yeah, like, he does not seem like he is supposed to be an important character. He, I would almost say so far, he almost seems like he exists solely to disabuse anyone of the notion that Kana has a crush on Hajiri. Because, who boy. <laughs> because she definitely has a crush on Hajiri. <laughs> she 100% does. <laughs> I, I I almost wish that I could believe that, like, that would be something that's investigated. <laughs> it would be very cool if the show, like, looked at that uh, in the next three episodes, but I don't have much faith. There was some 
extremely, like, perfunctory uh, queer content in the last one, but, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen. F- Fully Cooly is not a series that is, like, interested in, like, queer love. No. That's just something I've learned to accept. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but, by all means, it'd be cool if it surprised us. Yes. Uh, because, man, she really loves Hajiri. She super does. Uh, so, it cuts to them, like, having snacks yeah. and food. And then, like, yeah, you're just seeing, like, shots of their lunchboxes getting emptier as they're, like, doing voiceover of it. And then, uh, like, once they're, they're done, all... they all just, like, go into, like, a big cuddle puddle. Yeah, they're all laying on each other. It's super yeah. cute. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about how they're supposed to be, like, making plans for, like, their college plans, basically. Yeah. And Kana is kind of stressed out about it because she thinks it's unreasonable to ask her what she wants to do with the rest of her life when she's only 17. Which is fair. Which is fair. Uh, uh, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, you're pretty average, just in general. And she's like, hey, it's hard to be average. <laughs> right. Uh, Hijiri basically just says she wants to marry a celebrity and uh, not have to work. Yeah. And they name drop the Kardashians. Right. I I assume this is like the old Fully Cooley where all these pop culture references are have been swapped out for things that an American audience would recognize. Mm-hmm. Who knows, uh, though? I don't com- know. Kana is, like, really looking for, like, she wants something special to happen. Like, she's, like, says, like, oh, I want this cat to give me, like, a magic wand. Right, she's literally explaining the plot of Sailor Moon and saying she wished it would happen to her. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're talking about whether they're, I think, whether they're gonna go to the game. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's there's a guy next to them, like, talking about, like, oh, we're gonna go to the game, or... Yeah. Oh, it's, it's the boy that she has a crush on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she ends up going to her part-time job, which is at a soba restaurant. Yeah. There is, like, a quick... You know, like we said, she's mostly very, like, cheery and chipper. There is just, like, one long close-up of her face where you kind of just see a little bit of, like, sadness in her eyes. Yeah. Again, I I like this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's got a little bit of, like texture to it and like a little bit of nuance yeah like that it's like we've said it's she is a character who puts on and like she probably is this like naturally very peppy person yeah, but so, yeah. she is getting worried about like what she is going to do with the rest of her life because that decision needs to get made right it's just after uh Hidomi in progressive was so one note it's nice to have a character with like more than one and a half emotions yeah, it was, was so one note that they changed. Yeah, uh-huh. But yeah, she works at, like, a sober restaurant after school and is serving this guy who... All right. Am I trying to connect this show too hard to the old show, or are they trying to hint that this guy is Nauta? I thought this guy was going to be Ida. Uh, oh, from from Progressive? He that he, That might be, too. You're right. I, like, I don't know if that's... The case? Yeah, no, I could see that, though. And, like, I don't know if, like, the timeline could work there. Yeah, it's... This show seems like it might be a little bit in the future. It's a little bit in the future. Based on, like, the next part we're about to talk about. Like, one of my notes is, like, wait, is this, like, low, like, 
casual sci-fi. Yeah, it feels like maybe like 10 to 15 years in the future. Yeah. Which I, I guess that could be if it could work. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, he... it's, it's like this middle-aged businessman who she gives him a bowl of, of noodles. It's like the over-the-moon noodles or something. Yeah, like, oh, like it is a kind of joke based on, uh, like, over the, like, over the moon, my, like, my ham, yeah. moods over my hammy right, kind yeah, of thing. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he picks up a shaker of some kind of spice. I don't know what it is. I assume it would be obvious to someone who's Japanese. Yeah. And uh, the lid comes off, and just all of it gets poured into the bowl, and he freaks out. And he's like, oh, it uh, looks more like Mars than the moon now. I like that line. Yeah. And then he just kind of looks at it for a second and goes, like, she's offering to go get him a new bowl because that one got ruined. And he just looks at it and is like, oh, well, and just, like, drinks the whole bowl at once. <laughs> and he, like, she just goes like, no. Right. She's freaking out. He starts coughing and gagging because, of course, he does. Because it's just a giant bowl of spice. It's a like curry powder or something. Yeah. And, like, the chef who has, like, a, like, I think it's a Brazilian flag, like, headband. Yeah. And, like, tiny dreads. Yeah. It's like, what are you, fucking idiots? <laughs> right. Yeah, he's just got, like, snot and drool just hanging out of his face. He looks miserable. Yeah. Uh, and then in the middle of this, uh, while she's freaking out about this guy, a uh, voice calls out to her to, you know, she wants service, and it's Haruko. Well, we also get the Prime Minister oh, talking yeah, first. yes. I forgot that was when this came in. Uh, who is talking about all of the troubles, you know, sex scandals, you know, Global pollution. Warming. Uh, and so that she is banning all civilian travel off of Earth. Yeah! <laughs> What? <laughs> and the guy who, like, the guy at the bar, or, like, the who she's serving, is like, well, it's not like there's a lot of civilians going up into space. Right. Which I feel like is an important line for context to understand what's going on. And, yeah. uh, yeah, Kana kind of talks about how, like, well, there's all those, like, tech startups, you know, like, spa basically SpaceX. Yeah, like, they're basically talking about SpaceX. And uh, uh, this guy's just like, yeah, only, like, mega-rich people get to launch rockets into space privately. Yeah, that's only, yeah, like, that's only for the 1%. Yeah. I will be curious to see how this plot thread develops. Yeah, because, like, it, the plot seems to be going towards the rich are trying to abandon the world. Right, which is, you know, that's definitely a trope that you hear more and more these days. <laughs> that, oh, like, that's why, like... Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are so invested in space travel because they want to be able to leave the Earth once they've ruined it for everyone else. Yes. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Horror Haruko comes in. Yeah. Uh, when she opens the door, she like, goes ding-dong. Yes. She... Do you get the impression she's, like, a good bit older? Yeah. She feels, like... I would say she comes off as, like, early 20s in the old show. Yeah. And now she feels more like late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, like, whatever she actually is... Right, who knows? She could be 8 yeah, like, million years old, for all I know. Yeah, like, 
But the way they are framing her is that she is definitely, like, older. Yeah. And she... Like, like she makes seems a, tired. Yeah. Like, she's definitely less energetic in this one. Right. And she's uh, definitely not, like, middle-aged or anything, but she just... It feels like she has gotten older. Yes. Uh, and she has set her sights on Kana. Yes. Yes. While she is, like, shouting at her to get her attention, Kana turns around and sees that she's, like, measuring her head the way that she, like, measured Nauta's. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh, you're 17, right? You're tied up at knot. You're thinking today will just be like yesterday, and that'll be like the day before, and that'll be like the day before. <laughs> right. Basically just repeating her monologue from the beginning back at her. But kind of in a mocking way. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and she just tells her that, like, well, you know, like, you're already 17, life's not gonna wait forever, and the guy is freaking out that Haruko is here, and, like, yells at her to give him seconds to, like, break up the conversation, and just kind of grinds his teeth looking at Haruko while she goes to get it. Yeah. And, like I said, they're... Obviously, this guy knows her. I... Yeah. Like I said, the way I took it was, wait, is this supposed to be, like, Nauta as an adult? But I don't know. He seems to be working for whatever... Like, he seems to be kind of mid and blackish. He seems like he's taken over uh, Amaral's job. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And he has some of the same problems that Amaro does, but I think they do it better. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, And and he hasn't been in it a ton yet, either. (laughs) Uh, We cut to this disused community center. Yeah, this rules. (laughs) Yeah, this place rules. Uh, They... First off, you see that they're playing, like, Jenga. Right. And she has Never Knows Best written on one of them. And I was that was, like, the peak of, like, oh, come on. Like, right. You know. it's, it's them reusing. Okay. Yeah, it, it, you're right that it's them just reusing stuff from the old show the way Progressive did a lot. This one does that, but I didn't feel like to the same degree. I'm getting a phone call. Sorry. I don't think that it is, like really, like, overdone in this. It's just, I was worried that this was going to be... Right. ...the start of, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, and here's my headcanon to excuse it. All right. It's that Mamimi has, uh, you know, that photo she took at the end of FLCL propelled her into, you know, becoming a famous photographer. She's just a celebrity in general, and this is her, like, designer Jenga set that they've bought. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like her brand is never knows best. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> Unless they contradict it later, that's what I'm going with. Uh, but they have this kind of cool clubhouse at this disused community center. Yeah, man, I want to be a teen hanging out in a condemned building. <laughs> yeah, they've got like a lava lamp. They've got a lava lamp. It rules. Uh. And this this is where uh, Pets is like either smoking or oh, like you're right, yeah, sucking on like a lollipop in a way that looks like smoking. Definitely, yeah, yeah, I missed that because it's not lit. No, it, yeah, maybe cut the difference. It's just a candy cigarette. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, Hijiri and um, Masan are playing Jenga, and Masan loses. I do like the faces they do. Yeah, like it's... 
Well, because yeah, even it, though it, it, Jerry so far, her character has been like, oh, she's the beautiful, elegant one. She's a model. But they do not worry at all about like just having her contort her face into this awful grimace when she's playing Jenga. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, but, like, apparently it is, like, the whole thing they were playing Jenga is it, whoever lost had to take out the garbage there. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh and Kana is kind of, like, in her head about what Haruko said to her earlier, and she's worried, like, now she's even more anxious to, like, oh, am I wasting my life or something? Um, but I think that conversation kind of gets cut off when everyone notices that, Masan has, like, a little arts and crafts project going on in the corner. Uh, and also, like, she says, like, yeah, like, I'm tangled up, and they're like, oh, like, your headphones. And she's like, no, that just happens. And they're like, well, she's not wrong. Right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Masan has this little uh, art project going on where she is cutting up bottles. Yeah, I'll... All the, like, two liters of Dr. Pepper she's been drinking, she's cutting up to make bottle rockets out of. And mm-hmm. everyone kind of, like, sees that and thinks, oh, that's neat. You know, I want to help. And they all just kind of start butting in and asking questions. And Masan, something that will kind of become more uh, laid out later on. But she's really not in love with everyone just suddenly in her space trying to, like, yes. work on this project with her. Uh, and also, like, she is, like, super crafty like like yeah like not crafty in the sense of like <laughs> right she's like crafty isn't like, good at crafts yes uh and i like the way they're doing this where she, like it's there's more and more windows as everyone's asking questions right and she, and she it's has like, to like burst like, through them to yell at them to shut up yeah uh but they kind of all just sort of uh, without saying it, get an idea to make, like, a giant bottle rocket. Uh, mm-hmm. Masan, like, makes a crack about how, like, oh, don't worry, I'll drink all that soda. Because, like, again, that's just what, mm, don't like it. Yeah. Just you, uh, She <laughs> does do the Gendo pose, but she does. <laughs> yes, she does. Uh, and Kana's like, yeah, let's make some bottle rockets. And everyone's just like, yeah, ooh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and Haruko is, like, spying on them with some, like, like heat vision bin- binoculars and mm-hmm. uh, gets approached by the guy from the soba shop uh, who is like, uh, you know, what are you out, why are you out bird watching so late at night? Uh, and also her binoculars are, like, super high tech. Yeah. And again, is that, like, sci-fi, like, future like slightly futuristic or is that uh like because she's a space alien right yeah both yeah uh and so they're like talking about like he's like just straight up says like so you're looking for an o which is like oh yeah so yeah they were just gonna talk about it right uh and he he kind of chides her and she tells him that you know uh you're, you're no fun mm-hmm um, but yeah, the girls finished their rocket. It's like eight feet tall. <laughs> they made yeah, a really it's... big rocket. Uh, there's like a quick joke of Hajiri being like, wow, it's so big. Yeah, she's like blushing at it because it's vaguely phallic because it's FLCL. Yeah. 
I love Evil Seal's idea that all women just start blushing when they see anything that's even remotely phallic. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, none of the other girls are. That's true, which I appreciate. Yeah, and, like, it's... Haiji, like, thinks of herself as, like, much more mature. Right. Than everyone else. Yeah. And, like, more world experience, so maybe that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Or it could just be a dumb joke. It could be a dumb joke. There is also something... Because between this and then there's a bit in the next episode about, like, the fact that it's still using all this, like, phallic imagery, but these are girls. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Haruko literally makes a joke about having a big penis in the next episode. Yes. And I don't... It's It's been a small enough element of it that I don't know if it's really saying much of anything yet. And I don't know if it is trying to say something with that, but it's like... It's it's a recurring concept in this so far. Yeah, the first N.O. that she gets is flower-shaped. Yes, which is like a super, like, classic, like, Yonic symbol. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, like, hard to say if they're going for anything or if just hordes is, like, what they know. Right. Because also, like, Kana doesn't get hordy in the series, like... Not yet she doesn't. No, like, all of the times that she gets... Like, Inno happens to her. Yeah. It is in moments of, like, emotional stress. Well, and even moments, like, you know, that where she's showing, like... Like, she has romantic feelings, but they're not explicitly sexual at any point yet. Yeah. She's, you know, she isn't watching that boy she had a crush on get whipped until her nose starts bleeding. Mm-hmm. The horny police are here. Yeah. Uh, but... They're like, oh, we should watch her right now, and uh, Masan is like, no, not yet, it's too plain. And they'll go, you're right. I, I like them all being like, well, what do you mean we can't launch it? And she says, it's too plain looking. And then they're all just like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, I just love all their faces squished together. Yeah. Like, it's just cute, and it's nice. Yeah. It's just a cute show about nice friends. Yeah. Like, if this, again, if Haruko was not here, this would be kind of a not... This would just be like a slice-of-life anime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we see her, uh, Kana's family the next day. Yeah, well, we see two-thirds of her family. Uh, cause her dad is always, has a, uh, paper in front of him. Right. Uh, and so, like, they are designing in, uh, the rocket. It's, like, very, like, colorful and has all these, like... Wrappings around it. Yeah, they're and... like going out shopping uh, to get all the supplies for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hajiri is also like, oh, I'll cancel my date for this. Right. Uh, but yeah, so the, they just have like a fun shopping day. You just see them like hanging out on the bus, laughing, just going to all these different like hardware stores and craft shops to get stuff. Yeah. Um, at one point near the end, they walk past this really huge like mega mall. Mm-hmm. Called, I think it's Karen Yudin. Yes. Uh, and they're like, oh, do you ever go shopping there? No, that place sucks. Um, and you, at the end of that sequence, get a wide shot where it is very clearly, like, iron-shaped. Yes, it, it is, like, the new version of Medical Mechanica, which I like. Yeah, yeah. I like that they, again, like, are not just repeating what did it before. It's this Medical Mechanica factory. It is this giant mall that no one seems to go to. Right. Uh, uh, and then yeah, you just get a montage of them like dressing up their rocket 
it's really good. Yeah. Because it's, like, just a mixture of them working on the rocket, but also goofing off. Yeah, like, there's one part where Kana's, like, playing, a, like, a broom, like, it's a guitar, and, yeah. like, is like, cheering her on. There is a panty shot during this bit, which sucks. Yeah. Like, uh, so much of this show is so good, and I, I am bummed to see they're still doing that. There is a moment where... I just noticed this, uh, where Hijiri is, like, affixing one of the rocket tails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pets is just taking many photos of her panties. Right, because she's like, bent over, like, her face, her, her, her face is facing us. And then yeah. behind her, yeah, Pets is just snapping away pictures until, uh... Kana, like, kinda, tackles her. Yeah. <laughs> but they have built this giant, uh rocket with what I thought were dildos on it at first. <laughs> the little, like... Yeah. Uh, but I think it is more supposed to be, like, them. Yeah, it's like little figurines uh, to represent them, and they're just, like, covered in, like, feather boas and glitter and, like, plastic flowers. It's it's very cute and very, like, high school art project. Yes. And then... Uh, and things go bad. Yeah. Uh, so, like, she, sh- like, shouts out, like, into the sky, like, okay, here we go! And a giant pin falls down. Yeah, just a huge, like, it's this, this giant column with a big red sphere on top, and it, like, crashes down, destroys the building completely, uh, and as, like, the falls, dust- falls, like, directly on their rocket. Yeah, yeah. So the, the rocket's just obliterated, as they're kind of, like, getting up from the wreckage, they're, they're banged up but not hurt. And they see this thing, and they all kind of realize it's like a pin on a GPS app. Yes. Uh, and Kana sees that their thing, their rocket got destroyed, and she's very upset about it. Everyone else, it feels like, is more... Like, they're they're bummed about it, but they're more concerned about the thing that fell from space. Yeah. And... Like, there's some green electricity, and it hits this, like, old statue of, like, a safety worker. Yeah. And that, like, robot parts start coming out of it, and it's these big robot lips. Yeah, it's this giant set of robot lips with, like, an M on each lip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then it like, just, like, it has, has, like, gold s- teeth. Yeah, and, like, spaghetti cabling coming out from the back of it that it kind of, like, crawls around on. Yeah, one of the mannequin's eyes, because the mannequin head is still on it. Yeah. Uh, one of the, like, eyes is, like, coming out and, like, is this weird, like, red camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they all start running away, but Kana doesn't, because she's crying. Yeah. Uh, over the rocket. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, so upset about it that she can't, like, think straight. Mm-hmm. Uh... So Haruko bursts in through the window and, like, drop kicks her head, and you see her head start to glow with, like, N.O. power. Yeah. She flies away, and you get a very long panty shot. It practically yeah. freeze frames on it. Yeah, that fucking sucks. It really does. Stop it. Yeah, like, oh, man, this could just be, like, cool, nice series. So much of this is so nice and good. And so there's a fight scene between it and Haruko. Yeah, Haruko is fighting it. Notably, does not have a guitar at all. Yeah, does not have a guitar and is, like, she is having a hard time with it. Like, this is not... Yeah. Like, a lot of times when we see Haruko fight, she is, like, so casual about it. Right. And so, like, just 
kind of having fun with it. Yeah. And this time, she is noticing, like, I, this, I'm having a hard time just keeping up with this. Right, it's, it's not beating her up, but she's also not making any headway in damaging it. Yes, uh, and so they start giving Kana all these snacks. Right, to try and resuscitate her. They're just, like, cramming things down her throat. And she just, like, ends up, like, coughing up all of it. And they're like, yeah, we did it! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, uh, the lips, like, grow into a full-on giant robot. Well, also her N.O. happens. Oh, right, her N.O. happens, and, like, a, a pink lump starts to come out of her head. But then, yeah, it takes the form of, like, a glowing pink flower. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the monster turns into this giant, like, kind of big monster after Haruko rips its eye out. Yeah. Uh, and they all run outside. Right. Uh, so Haruko kind of catches up with them, and she introduces herself as a member of the Space Police Brotherhood. And, and it's, like, kind of just rambling and, like, she says space so many times. Right. And uh, she explains, basically, that she needs the flower on Kana's head to defeat the robot. Uh, hmm. Yeah, this is when it starts getting, like, man, I, I think I just have a note that, like, fucking Haruko. Yeah, because, so she walks up and grabs the flower and is trying to, like, rip it out of her head. And while they're struggling over this Haruko is saying lines like don't worry it's not gonna hurt it'll be easier if you don't struggle yeah like yikes it's bad it's really really bad like that's not mm. yeah like that is just kind of explicit in what it is going for especially because like it would be bad no matter what it was bad in the old FLCL but at least that was like, no, 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 this is very much supposed to be a metaphor for, like, sexual activity that we are trying to portray as not okay. And we're going to undermine the fact that we portrayed it that way. But in the moment, we are. Yes. Whereas here, it just happens without any setup or consequence. Like, Haruko's character is that she is this sexual abuser pedophile. And so that's just what she does even when the situation doesn't call for that right and, and like honestly for most well with regards to the main characters at least she's not really that character for, for the rest of the episodes so far yeah like right now she is not like there is a one scene later on where she is 100% a predator yes yeah but the majority of the time she's just kind of this, like, weird adult friend. Yeah, she's their weird adult friend who just wants them to have good teen lives. Yeah. So this moment just doesn't... It'd be shitty no matter what, but it's also just a non-sequitur. Yeah, and, like, that makes it shittier in some ways. Yeah, because, like, you can't even hide behind the idea of, like, well, yeah, but they're saying something with it. No, they're not. They're doing it because that's how the old show did it. Yeah. And... Like, part of, like, also is that, like, like we've said, this series is so unconcerned with sexuality at this moment. Right. That it just doesn't kind of work. Like, yeah. it, it just feels so, like, oh, wait, like, why is this sexual all of a sudden? Right. Uh, so they, uh, Haruko defeats the giant robot. Yeah. 
And uh, that's an okay-ish action scene. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's you know what of the action scenes in these new shows, it's one of the better animated ones. Yeah. Um, uh, and then she just throws them a piece of the broken rock and says, "It's crushed along with all your teenage dreams, but you can just make it again." Yeah, and like, which that works. Right, like already, Haruko is into the mode that she's going to be for the rest of these episodes, which is fun adult friend that just gives them good advice. Yeah, like, and it is not. It yeah it. If Haruko was not the character that she had been for the last two ones, yeah. I would be like, that's a weird first, like, line from her. Right. But, like, I guess she's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, like, how we know how she acts. And right. the scene that's coming, like, in the third episode. Yeah, yeah, this is not going to be the end of, of that side of Haruko, either. It, but it just feels so much more... It feels, like, obligatory this time around. It's like, well, that's what FLCL is, so we gotta put some scenes like that in it, right? Yeah. Even though that's uh, clearly not what they're interested in. Yeah. This I, this is a weird thing to say. Yeah. Uh, like a maybe a weird connection, but it feels almost like in. Did you ever watch uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid? Uh, I've seen like an episode of it. It feels like in that show, that show like would get weirdly horny a lot. Right. We're not weirdly horny, just horny a lot. Yeah, that show was very horny. That show was very horny, but it, like, half, like, the other half of the show is this this very, like, slow, domestic life uh-huh. thing. And it, like, feels like a similar, but, like, much more extreme, because so much of the show is just slice of life anime. Yeah. That, like, the occasional bits of super horniness just stick out more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So we have, like, our immigration guy at the, like, what looks exactly like the immigration place from the first one. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Haruko, why are you back? Like, why did you return to Earth? Right. Uh, and then it cuts to the beach uh, where all of the girls are hanging out because they have rebuilt their rocket. Right, and it's way better this time. Yes. Because <laughs> they have... Styled it to look like it's made entirely out of, like, dessert food, and they did a really good job on it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like, uh, Kana runs out into the water to watch it while, uh, they launch it, and it goes pretty high before it starts to fall apart. Yeah, which, that's just what happens with those. Right, yeah, they're, they're bottle rockets, that's, that's, that's how they work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it kind of collapses and falls down and, uh, ends up splashing Kana. Mm-hmm. And all the girls laugh at her, so in retaliation, she just kind of, like, one by one, like, picks them up and throws them into the ocean. Yeah, uh, they, they're saying that she looks like a ghost, like, from the ring. Yeah. Uh, and so she's, like, acting like, I'm gonna get ya. Right, right. It's, it's just good friend times. Yeah, it's just good friend times. And they're just, like, playing and splashing in the water while Kana is narrating about how, like, this was... Like, looking back, this was when things started to, like, go downhill, basically. Yeah. Like, like everything was changing from this point onward, even though we didn't mm-hmm. recognize it at the... Or maybe she says, like, oh, yeah, we, we all kind of, in some way, recognized it. Uh, and then... Yeah, like... Yeah, go ahead. And, and, like, maybe not even downhill, but, like... Right. But, yeah, there's something kind of, like, wistful about the narration. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, the last times I'm gonna hang out with my high school friends. Yeah, yeah. 
And, like, everyone's kind of realizing that. Right. Uh, Because a trio of rockets take off. Right, there's, like, an island out in the ocean. And, yeah, three rockets launch from it. And Kana kind of gets distracted from playing with everyone. And one by one, they all kind of turn to look at these three rockets, like, rising up in the sky. Yeah. It's, like, a good image to end on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I like this uh, ED. Yeah, the ending credits are cute. Because, uh, like, kind of the main part of it is has a little, like, cardboard cutout thing of Kana. Right, and it's, like, stop motion animated against a bunch of different scenes. Yeah. And but it's, so, like, very like, fluidly stop motion animated, so it just, yeah, it's... You're seeing, like, the background is moving super fast because it's just her walking slowly. Yeah. It's good. Or, like, she'll, like, fall asleep and, like, wake up. Like, she'll wake up in a different real-world lo- locale. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, Or, like, th- she's leaning against, like, a post looking at her phone. And then, like, in the background, a real train drives by and, like, blows her hair away. Yeah. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first episode, which yeah. we spent almost an hour on. <laughs> well, you know, we knew what this was. Yeah, and also, uh... It's just, you know, we've talked a lot about, like, these second and third episodes. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, also, some of that was me on a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, episode uh, two, Grown Up Wannabe. Yes. Uh, opens with Hajiri and her college boyfriend uh, driving to her, him driving her to school. And, yo, this dude fucking sucks. Oh, this dude sucks. <laughs> I was so, like, anxious when this, during this scene because of how much this dude sucks. Like, the show definitely knows he sucks. Oh, yeah, very much helps. so. Yeah. But, like, he sucks so fucking much. Right, I was just anxious because I already like Ajiri a lot. I'm like, oh, no, get away from him. <laughs> uh, because he is like, oh, yeah, like, uh, like my mentor took the... Uh, photo for this album, and, and now it's like, you know, number five on the chart. Hey, why don't you model for me sometime? Yeah. And then Jerry's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, she mostly seems kind of, like, disinterested in what's going on. It reminds me a lot of the opening to episode three of The Old Fully Cooley when it's uh, Nina Mori in the car with her, like, boss's, or dad's secretary. Yeah, and she is, like, looking at this necklace that she has. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, my friend's got a startup, I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to get tied down like that, and it's like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And, like, all of the shots of Hijiri in this scene are very, like, male gazy. Like, it's, yeah. like, close-up of her thighs, like, super close-up of her lips as she's doing her lipstick, close-up of, like, her cleavage to show off the necklace. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like, oh, ugh, this guy is such a creep. Yeah, um, and something I like, like, the, all the other friends are, like, talking, and something that keeps happening is, like, that's, they're like, oh, like, my, like, in the first episode, like, Pets was like, oh, my dad slurped this egg, it was the most disgusting thing, and they're like, oh, like, that sucks, like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, we did. She's telling the story about how her dad just slurped the yolk of his sunny side up egg off of his plate like what yeah and then later on uh kana sees her brother about to do that she's like hey don't do that girls won't like that yeah 
Uh, and now Kana is complaining that her brother doesn't like tomatoes. Right. She's ranting about how tomatoes are great. They're the, the tastiest vegetable there is. And his brother, her brother should learn to like them. And, and Pets uh, yeah. is like, they're a fruit, actually. And right. she's like, she, I know that, but still, they're the tastiest right. vegetable. <laughs> Pets is like, A, they're a fruit. B, why do you care? People can dislike things. <laughs> and so then they see Hajiri kissing her college boyfriend, and Kana is really, like, wrecked by this. Yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, it's hard to see. I think the car he's in has, like, a... Oh, yeah, it does. It has a, a Medical Mechanica logo as, like, yes. the, the manufacturer for the car. Yeah. That's a good little touch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they kiss... I like kiss, this idea yeah. that, like, Medical Mechanica has, like, become a, like, conglomerate. Yeah, it's not just a medical machinery company anymore. That now it's they just are, everything. like, GE. Yeah, yeah, or, like, Amazon or something. Yes. Um, but, uh, and yeah. So, like, they're like, oh, I thought you said you didn't want a boyfriend. And he's like, no, I just don't want to date any of the other boys in our class. Right, but I'm dating me a college boy. Uh, which means he is, like, well, I guess that could mean as little as, like, a year older than her, but I get the sense he's a little older than that. Yeah. And they don't go into it as much as I kind of wish they did. Yeah. But... They at least land on the, no, this is bad. Yeah, they definitely agree that it's bad. Um, they, all the girls are freaking out about it, and they go into class, and, like, the basketball kid, not the one that Kana had a crush on, but the other one, is freaking out that she has a college boyfriend, and all of her friends, who were also just freaking about it, were like, yeah, why do you care? I mean, that that's so old news. Yeah, that's so five minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, and all of the guys in the thing are like, we need to have our Hajiri back. Yeah, this sucks so much. And again, like, they just straight up go like, oh, this sucks. All these guys fucking suck. Right, they've written up on the board, yeah, give Hajiri back. All the boys in the class are up in front of the room chanting that she has to dump the college boy because it's not fair to them. And then all the girls are yelling at her for doing this and making all the boys be annoying. Yeah. In a way that, like, makes it very clear that, like, both groups of people are being shitty. Yes. Because, like, they're like, oh, it's your fault that they're annoying. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Kana, I think, yells that, like, she was never yours to begin with. Right. Like, it doesn't matter who she's dating. Yeah. And, uh, the the lead guy just kind of says, like, hey, you know, don't butt into this because... The boy you have a crush on is on our side, so, you know, if you you better not say anything, or he'll, you know, th- then what will he think of you? And she ends up saying, like, I don't care about him at all. Right, which then she realizes she overstepped, and they both kind of look at each other, and yeah. Yeah. This is, they had to put this here because this is a very peak Kana's gay episode. <laughs> this is the most that, Yes. Uh, but like the t- it's the tall screen and it's like a fake Gucci thing. Yeah, which I liked. Uh, but yeah, so they're all hanging out. They, like their hangout spot is like this, an, like an outside staircase near the top of the school. Yeah, and they're just talking about it. And Hajiri's basically saying that uh, you know what's it matter? They're about to graduate. 
she doesn't really care if everyone at the school hates her because she's about to never see them again. So fuck it. Yeah, uh, and you can see all these pins are all around the town in the background. Yeah, they're not, like, there's never a shot that emphasizes them, but you see that there are just a few giant pins in the background. Yes. Um, uh, and a pin- you we find out that the necklace that she bought is, like, super, super expensive. Right. Or, like, not that she bought, that he bought her. Yeah, I think Pet says that it's, like, you could buy a used car for how much it costs. Yeah. Um, there is a close-up of Hijiri in this scene that, like, shows that she doesn't have lipstick on now when you saw her with it with him. Yeah. So, that's, again, good little detail. Mm-hmm. And Kana is trying to put on lipstick, and everyone's like... No. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't It doesn't work on you. Because uh, a big, like, running theme in this episode is, is Kana feeling like she's falling behind in terms of maturity. Yeah, which I like that, like, I think all of their talk about maturity works a lot better, especially with how, like, and it ties into, we'll, we'll just get to that scene soon. Yeah, but, yeah. like, yeah. The, how the adults act. But, yeah, I agree. I, this... Might I? I think this is the best of the three episodes that we've watched. Yeah, I agree with that. I mm, again, like a lot of the old FLCL has better animation and stuff, but in terms of writing, I think this might just be the best episode of the show. Yeah, so far like, it's, this is it's like, between this and Firestarter. Yeah. Um. Just because this feels like a very natural. Yeah. Like there, like. There is some weird sci-fi stuff going on, but it just feels like this is a very natural way of, like, people reacting to this situation. Right, and, like, it's a theme that FLCL constantly tries to tackle, and I think this is the most successful it's been at it. Yeah, and I think that especially works because, like, trying to be an adult when you're, like, 12? Right is or like 14 is kind of dumb right like that that's still like you're so young which and to be fair a lot of flcl is about that like yes like the thing that makes now to immature is that he tries to be mature yeah but like also the way they end up on that like doesn't Mm -hmm. work right where this seems to be more going for and again it could disappoint us later yeah this seems to be going for it's really weird to be a 17 year old because you're, after having to be, like, being a kid in this, being, uh, all of this being okay in the past. Right. You're suddenly expected to become an adult over the course of, like, a year. That, and also, like, both both of the previous shows, you know, are very much about becoming an adult. What it means to, like, gain adulthood. You know, the atomist symbol means adult in Japanese. It's, like, this, like solid concept that people are struggling with and this episode especially is kind of like eh, adulthood is a complicated idea and like anyone that tells you they understand what it means is probably lying and like mm-hmm. maturity is not a like a singular simple thing it yeah it is not as the singular simple thing it is not like you attain more levels of maturity right because, like, well, the- well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, like, the climax of this is very much Kana is doing a lot of things that come off as immature, but she's really being the most mature person there. Yes. Uh, I, I wonder, was this written by different people? 
Maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. I also wonder if this was written by women. Huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I I know. Like I'm I'm not like just saying that. Like oh, it's better. So it's well, no, it's but just, like it's it has a very big female cast that feel well written and three dimensional. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had women working on it. And like especially compared to progressive. Yeah, the director of this is a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katsuyuku Motohiro. I'm probably not saying his name right. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what is he... So he was the director of both of the new FLCLs. It doesn't look like he directed the old one. He might have been involved with it, but I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, th- That's director. I don't... It, the FLCL wiki does not have, like, screenwriting credits. Yeah. Maybe it'll have it on individual episodes. I'll I'll look into it while we're talking. Yeah, like I'm looking and it. It's got like producers, but not. Yeah. So who knows? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they end up at this park where they are all having this giant, uh, like photo shoot. Yeah. And you definitely get the idea that like the boyfriend just wanted, uh, Jiri to go. I think so he, he did could... invite all of her friends in that opening scene. Yeah, but, like, also all of the photos kind of focus on her. Definitely, yes. Like, but... he's using her friends as extras. Yes, but also, like, you never get the feeling that, like, Hijiri is, like, trying to ditch, like, ditch them or whatever. No, definitely not. But they're just having a lot of fun, but they're also noticing that there's a lot of stray dogs around. Yeah, there's a weird amount of stray dogs. Which they don't pay off until the next episode, but it's a good joke. Yeah. Oh, God, and I'm just, uh, sorry, I was scrubbing through the episode real quick. Something I missed when, uh, Kana, like, tries her lipstick on earlier. She does, mm-hmm. like, Sailor Moon's pose, where she puts, like, three fingers up to her forehead. Yeah. Yeah. I like that just, she's, like, just the big Sailor Moon she fan. She just likes Sailor Moon a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, same. Uh... And so then they go to a, what's the stand? A kebab stand. Yeah. And Haruko's working there. But she is, like, doing, uh, like, welding in the back. Right. And, like, this, like, if this was a standalone anime, like, Haruko's big joke would be just that she has a different job every episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Haruko is also in full-on predator mode now, because she's got, yes. like, she, her hair is up in pigtails, she's got, like, a crop top shirt, and then, like, cut-off, uh, jean shorts, mm-hmm. in a way that, like, she's very much trying to, yeah, be very, like, sexy. Yeah. Uh, but also, the person she is going for is not a child, so... That's true. I yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, like, I, like at least that bit is not part of it. She's right. definitely. There's still probably about a ten year age gap, and like he's young enough that that's significant. Yeah, that's true. Um, he, like this guy's mi- like maybe twenty. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it's still not great. So the guy wants to take uh, Harko's photograph, right? And 
she's like posing but also like saying no yeah and he keeps like pushing for it and uh hijiri is kind of noticing and sort of tries to put the moves on him like whispers like sexily in his ear that she wants to go yeah like oh like if we don't go soon our food will get cold yeah uh and so uh kana's like oh she's the most amazing in the world and i'm like kana that's gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah yep because she oh it's because she says and she's so gorgeous too right yeah no kana just has a crush on hijiri uh, and so Kana has a bite of the kebab, and she's like, oh, that's too hot. Right. Can I say, I really like Kana's voice actress. Yeah. She's uh, really watching, good. Watching the dub, and yeah, she's... Yeah. Uh, she has a really good line where you go, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is, like, freaking out that this meat is just so incredibly spicy, and she, like, yeah, turns to Haruko, asks, why would you make it that way? And Haruko just points to her other two friends who are fine with it. Yeah. And uh, they're just like, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's got some spice, but, like, no, it's it's good. And uh, Haruko, Haruko... Yeah, go ahead. Says it's made from space mustard and says, oh, maybe your tastes haven't matured yet. Right. Kind of, yeah, again, directly, like, playing on her anxieties this episode. And she turns and looks at Hijiri and her boyfriend and sees that Hijiri has, like, this very fancy nail art design where it's, like... Like, very understated, but very fancy. Yeah, like, the nails are pink with just these very delicately painted on flowers. Yeah, and, like, gems. Yeah, yeah. So then it just smash cuts to her trying to emulate that, but she just has these super gaudy nails. Yeah, like, very, like, big flowers. Yeah. Uh, and she's at the sober restaurant, and, uh, the guy's, like, the guy orders up soup and, like, ends up spilling half of the soup on it. And he's like, oh, don't worry, it's a regular, they won't care. Right, because it's it's the same dude from last time. So she yeah. brings him his, his soba, and again he pours the entire shaker into it by accident. She's like, what, again? goes, yep. <sighs> and just <laughs> eats the whole bowl again. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you didn't even cough this time. And he's like, yes, because I've matured. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I don't think being able to eat a whole shaker of, like, whatever that is at once is a sign of maturity. No, I play Persona. That's how it is. <laughs> that's true. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, the news is still playing, and it's the prime minister again, talking. And ab- he's yeah, yeah, talking about like the island that's putting out all the rockets. Yeah, and uh, she's like pivots to being like, we're all grown up, so I just want them to be grown up, and like we all be grown up together. Right. It's like, well, she's saying, like, you know, the government's getting a lot of criticism, but we're the adults here, and I think the citizens also need to be adults and respect what we're doing. Which, again, like, this was made in Japan, and this came out in when? 17? Yeah. So, okay. And I, again, I don't know what Japan is like, but after here for years now, hearing people talk about the adults in the room in terms of politics... Yeah. This sound like this reminded me a lot of that kind of rhetoric. Yes. 
And again, I, I don't know if there is a an analog to that in Japanese politics or not, but this like this felt weirdly topical. Oh yeah, it's like totally like, this this one feels much more topical in a lot of weird ways. Oh yeah, it definitely does. Just like this specific speech felt like, yeah, I mean this is just how politicians actually talk. Yeah. I think that may just be a universal constant. It, yeah, yeah. Uh and he's like yeah, and she's like Kana is says, like, being an adult, what does that even mean? And he's like uh the guy's like, Oh, you know, it's being able to eat an entire thing of soba without choke and then he like immediately starts like choking and coughing because of the spice <laughs> yeah. hitting him. Yeah. And I think that's just a really good way to like Yeah, like this guy who's trying to be super cool and super like chill about everything and grown up. Right. It's like just as ridiculous and it's hurting him to do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then it cuts to night at Kana's house, where her little brother is watching a Michael Bay Transformers movie. It's so exactly that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, their parents are yelling at them to take a bath, but they're both like, well, you go first. No, you go first. Um. And, like, you have to do it now, because otherwise your dad will, won't be able to, and your dad's still. Yeah, dad's just hiding behind a paper. Um. Kana asks her brother if he has a girlfriend, and he goes, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Like, and she goes, like, oh, even though you, like, take the, t- like, tomatoes out, and he's like, yeah, it's like, why would that matter? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, which, uh, you know, again, they don't, like, linger on it, but definitely, like, the implication is, oh, geez, even this, even, like, my little brother seems like he might be more mature than I am. Yeah. And then it cuts, but, you know, but also pointing out, like, that, like, she was saying how, like, oh, he's so immature, like, picking out the tomatoes from his food. Right, and also she was being called immature for not liking spicy food. And then, like, oh, yeah. but, like, her little brother seems like, like, for a kid is doing just fine, and he just, like, maybe the fact that you have preferences and, like, different, like, different things, that's not, you don't have to, like, ignore that to be an adult. Yeah. Uh... So then we cut to uh, Hajiri and her boyfriend. Well. Who has, well, her boyfriend is breaking up with her. Right. Like, we come in after he's already said that, and he's just like, yeah, you know, are you going to be okay? It's just, and she's like, yeah, no, it's fine. I don't even, I don't even really care. It's totally uh, fine. And he says that, like, oh, I, I decided to come see you in person because, you know, that's the grown-up thing to do. Right. And she's like, yeah, the grown-up thing to do, yeah, yeah. Right. And he's like, hey, you know, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel bad, because it's it's not me, it's you. Or no, it, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. And yeah, she's just like, she's almost like peppy about it. She's like, no, I'm I'm fine. Uh, and he's like, oh, good, yeah, I'm, that, I'm glad that you are, because you're so mature, so that makes sense that it wouldn't bother you. Yeah, and like, oh man, all of these people are like... Ugh. <laughs> Like, he's awful, and Hijiri, like, is trying so hard to, yeah, like, be this cool, mature woman. And, like, you could tell that she's just trying not to break down. Cause right. I really love there's that bit where she, like, walks out of the car and just stands there for a bit. Right. And just kind of, like, and, sighs. Yeah. Uh, it, well, and, like, that whole conversation, again, like... It, it's not super explicit, but all of his word choices are very much directed towards, 
hey, it would be immature of you to react badly to this bad news. Yeah. So, like, like manipulating her into sparing his feelings, even though he's the one doing something shitty. Not even, yeah, well, like, eh, not even shitty, but, like, doing something that she could reasonably be upset by. Yes. Like, the shitty uh, part is that he is manipulating her into thinking it wouldn't be okay to be upset with being dumped. Yeah, and, um, like, it is obvious that he is, like, basically going to go pick up Haruko directly from this. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just cuts to them at school the next day. Hajiri's and- just, like, sitting there, kind of, like, fingering the necklace while she's hearing everybody continue to gossip about how she's dating a college boy. Yeah, and then all of her friends are like, oh, can we get the photos? Like, I'm sure, like, because your boyfriend's a, like, photographer, he made us all look really great. Right. And she's like, oh, yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I've got him on on my phone. And while they're all, like, making jokes about how they're all gonna look super hot in the pictures, uh, she sees that he has texted her and said, (laughs) hey, can I have the necklace back that I gave you? It's so fucking scummy, you absolute douchebag. What a piece of shit. I really, because you can also see her her old message, which is obviously before she got picked up to get broken up with. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I can't wait. Heart, heart, heart. Oh, God. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, the, it, so it, like, shows the phone, and then it cuts to her in a completely different location, just, like, implying that she's just been staring at this text for hours. Yeah. Uh, cause now she's at work at a karaoke bar. It's a good cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and her boss is like, hey, your friends that are here, uh, ordered some drinks, can you get them for them? Uh, and it's like the kind of karaoke bar where, like, you rent a room. Yeah. Instead of, like, it all being in, like, one area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Masan is fucking belted it. <laughs> she sure is. And Pets is really working the, the tambourine to help. <laughs> what? Yeah, Pets brought a tambourine. Oh, no, uh, a lot of places will have just one of those sitting out on the table. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, we go to uh, Pack South every year and we rent out a karaoke room like this. And oh, just, okay. Uh, are real idiots for, you know, four or five hours. I mean, that seems to be what you do. Yeah, yeah. God, that place... Mm, that karaoke bar we go to is a weird place, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a David Lynch movie when you go in there. It is, like, uh, the only open business on a strip mall. It's very dimly lit with, like, this red, ornate wallpaper and neon signs. Yeah, okay, and then, yeah, like, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and then in, like, the bar area, there is, like, a small karaoke setup where, like... Middle-aged women are singing like Korean, like sad Korean ballads, while men in <laughs> cowboy hats drink at the bar. Okay, yeah, like it's comical in the ways that it is David Lynch. Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. Like the first time I went there, I was like, I'm gonna die here. <laughs> uh, and so like, Hitchiri is complaining that like, oh, you're being too loud. We can hear you down like at the like down the hall. Mm-hmm. And Kind of just like, oh, like what? What can we do? Like our place got destroyed because of those pins, right? Which I love that the pins are just like, oh yeah, like that's just how it is, right? Yeah, like 
surely someone must be very, like, upset about them somewhere, but we don't see that. Yeah. Uh, and, but they're having a good time, and they ask, uh, Hajiri to sing, and she just really doesn't want to. Right, because, like, they don't realize that she's been dumped, uh, because she won't tell them. Yeah, because she's trying to be this mature and just, like, not act about it. Right. So Kana keeps, like, pressuring her more and more, like, come on. And uh, she eventually, like, smacks the microphone out of Kana's hand. And everyone kind of is taken aback by how, like, upset she is all of a sudden. But then she just says, "Ah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, gotcha. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's our Hajiri. Like, you know. Right. Always with a cool head. Yeah, and then she just does a song on the karaoke machine, and everyone loves it. Yeah. And then afterwards, like, you get a text log between everyone but Hajiri, where Masan is, like, asking, hey, was she acting kind of weird? And like, is she uh, okay? Yeah. But uh, Pets and Kind are like, what? No, she was fine. What are you talking about? She said she was fine. Yeah. So. She's fine. Yeah. Uh, and as Kana is, like, closing that text uh, to walk across the street, uh, she sees uh, Hajiri's boyfriend kind of, like, making out with Haruko. Yeah, I... Uh, one, I like that Masana is, like, the one who immediately picks up on this. Yeah. Uh, and two... Uh, she- it looks like Kana has a, a Funashi phone case. Yeah. Like the little uh, mascots. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I appreciate yeah. as a fan of mascots. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she freaks out overseeing uh, her boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend and Haruko hanging out. Because right. she doesn't know that it's an ex-boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what happens next? Uh, Hajiri heads home, and th- there's just, like, again, like, this very kind of slow, nice sequence of her not talking, but just, she stops, like, underneath, like, a street lamp and just, like, looking at her phone again and, like, closes it, and it's just like... Yeah. <sighs> yep. Uh, and yeah, Kana is at home, like, freaking out. She doesn't know what to do. Like, she... She's just, like... It's, like, three or four still frames of her just in different areas of her room panicking that are just, like, rapidly cycling. Yeah. Until she just ends up, like, flopped out on her bed, and she sees the magazine that Hajiri posed for, mm-hmm. and just kind of looks at it and picks up her phone to call her. Yeah. Well, not to call her, as it turns out. Yes. Uh, and then we get more of a jury walking home, and it's not a, like, fire starter type sequence, but it's, like, kind of reminded me of that, where just a lot of voiceover of other things. Talking about how Hijiri is, like, just this super cool girl that everyone loves. She's had to turn down, like, every boy in the school at some point or another. Yeah, like, they say that in middle school she got 130 boys confessing to her. Yeah. Uh, and, like, it's it's very much a mixture of some of them, like, thinking that it's super cool, and others being like, uh... It's kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, and so they all 
uh, like while they're having this conversation, they all like end up coming together and going to the mall. Yeah, I like Vasan's outfit for this bit where she just got like yeah. suspenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vasan's got a good style. Yeah, as, and we'll learn why. Right, exactly. <laughs> Um, but they all are hanging out at the parking lot in front of the Medical Mechanica Mall when the boy shows up. And it's like, oh. Medical uh, Medical Mechanica. (laughs) Medical Mechanica, thank you. And he's just like, oh, did did Jerry give it to you to give back to me? That's that's fine. Do you have it? And, like, he won't say what it is, and they're confused. Because I think they were coming here to confront him about cheating on Hijiri. Yes. Uh, And then Hijiri, like, also made plans to show up here and someone's like wait what why is everyone here <laughs> right and yeah Jiri shows up and then Haruko sticks her head out of the car and says like hey you get my necklace back from her yet <laughs> <laughs> what a douchebag <laughs> <laughs> also I'm like I, the impression I'm getting is that Haruko engineered this situation to like create some horny energy to, like, yeah. get a robot to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. when she, like, pops her head out, like, Kana is, like, trying to block Kajiri's view. Right. Uh, and Kajiri's just like, oh, I didn't realize there was gonna be Haruko. Yeah. Uh, but he, she basically was like, yeah, no, he already broke up with me. It, it's fine. Everything's fine. You need to stop being so immature about this, Kana. Yeah, like, this happens all the time. It's totally normal. Right. And Kana is crying at this point and yelling about how, hey, no, it's not. This isn't okay. Yeah, like, this isn't what pe- how people react when they get broken up with. Yeah, like, this isn't how people ought to behave, and it's not okay for this to be happening to you, my friend who I love. Yeah. And, and she's like, I don't understand this, and I don't think I ever will, and I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to get to the point where I can break up with someone that I was dating, and I don't feel anything. Yeah, like, you... You were two were crazy about each other literally a day ago, and now you're acting like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and as she's talking, like, devil horns are coming out of her head, and, uh... uh also, like, electricity from... is just, like, crackling around uh, his car. Yeah, it, like, comes from a security camera in the parking lot and, like, trails down into his car. Yeah. And she's, like, uh, saying, like, I just don't want you to break up. I don't know why, but, like, I just, like, thought that you were having, like, a good relationship, and that was nice. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so his car transforms into Bumblebee from the, like, the Michael Bay design of Bumblebee. It's so weird. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, starts attacking. Yeah, while she's curling the horn, she's like, yeah, like, like someone says, like, it's getting bigger, and she's like, yeah, it's a really big deal, and they're like, yeah. no. <laughs> right. Uh, so Haruko, like, activates the thing that's been coming out of her head, which is the uh, food truck she was in earlier. Yeah, well, she's like, wait, no, this is mine, like, what? <laughs> right. Uh, so they jump into it, the guitar is kind of, like, in the passenger seat, and start driving and, like, luring this thing away while they fight it. Yeah. Uh, Haruko asks Kana if she has a driver's license yet, and she's like, what, no? She goes, that's fine, you can borrow mine. (laughs) 
A good joke. Yeah. And, uh, like, Kana is trying to argue that she can't drive a car. And Haruko says... One of the weirdest lines of this. Women are from Mars. Men are from Venus. I don't know about you, but I've got a big penis. And, like, as she's saying that, she's, like, setting up the guitar and she's sort of straddling it like a like it's her penis. And then shoots yeah. a huge, like, bullet out of it. Again, weird... I, I don't know where this is, like, going other than just weird jokes. Yeah, other than talking about genitalia, which this show loves to do. Yes. Uh, yeah, maybe they're gonna be making a point with it. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I don't think... Like, with how little a point they made of, like, messing with gender presentation... Yeah. In the last one, I just don't think it's gonna go anywhere. I don't either. It's just, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird that it comes back twice in these three episodes, and it, it would be weird for it to just die off and not, like, be going anywhere, but also it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, just the fact that, like, we we were talking about it last time where it's, like, it's weird that, uh, I already forgot the name of the last girl. <laughs> oh, Hidomi. Hadomi, uh, that Hadomi has horns, but I was like, eh, it's more of a horny thing. Right. Uh, but this one, like, she grows horns even when she's explicitly not horny. Right. She is just, like, having a lot of emotions about this relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, about, and also, like, ro- it's not, like, the one big long horn in the front, it's, like, devil horns. Yes. Uh, and so, they are fighting this giant, uh... Transformer. Michael Bay robots. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and as they're doing this, uh, they are driving back towards all the kids, and uh, they are, uh, like, the, like a shot, like, knocks a telephone pole over, and it's going to fall on the boy. Yeah, and who has been taking photos, because he's like, oh, man, I'm going to win a Pulitzer for this. Right. Uh, and uh, Hajimi like, runs up uh, to him and, like, knocks him over and, like, knocks him out of the way. Yeah, he tackles him out of the way of the falling pole. It's, like, framed very similarly to when uh, Nauta, like, tackles Mamimi out of the way of a robot in the old show. Yeah. Uh, Not Hajimi, Hajiri. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh, But, yeah, they both, like, land with, like, a crash. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, like, they're both fine, but he's just worried about the camera. Yeah, he, he, like, doesn't even take a beat to see if she's okay. Yeah, or thank her, or anything. Right, he's just immediately up, freaking out about how the camera got damaged, and, oh, this is the worst thing. Her, like, it looks like she broke her nail a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, well, I mean, I'm fine, but I did get hurt doing that, and you didn't... And, like, she looks over... And I also, over, like, yeah, did save you. Right, and also I saved your life. And she, like, looks over and sees... Masan and Pets, like, helping each other up after they kind of got knocked down also. Yeah. And just kind of the contrast between the two situations. And then, <laughs> my God, I love Kana. <laughs> Kana's really good. <laughs> she's, like, driving this van around, cr- like, crazily and sticks her out the window and goes, Oh, hey, Jerry, it turns out I think I'm good at driving. <laughs> <laughs> she's just having a good time. And then... Like, Hajiri starts laughing and just looks at her thumb, like her, uh, press, like, kind of nail, and just fucking bites it and, like, 
spits it out. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yup. And then there's a big explosion in front of her. Yeah. Uh, at some point during this fight, Haruko loses the guitar, so now she's fighting with a meat skewer. Yeah. And uh, just yells out Michael Bay, in case you didn't get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, stabs the robot in the head and just, like, twists the skewer around over and over until the robot explodes. Uh-huh. Because, uh, like, the ro- they, they're making the robot twist around by the, it looking at the car. Yeah. And then she, like, turns into a tornado, and so it's like, you know, like a rotisserie meat, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...as a weapon. Right. Uh, yeah, the robot blows up, and they beat it. And, uh, the guy is like, hey, I, c- I can take you home, you know, it's... Yeah, you know, I changed my mind after all that. I like you better after all. Yeah, I think you're the... And... and <laughs> Jerry's friends are ready to beat the shit out of this man. Oh, it's so good. They're like, like you know, you fucking asshole. You think you're gonna... She's gonna go back? Like, the they're fuck? struggling to hold Masan back. Masan also great. Yep, no, Masan rules. Uh, but Hijiri yells at them to stop because she is she's just like him. Yeah. And like in the same way this asshole is like affecting as though he's very cool and mature and better than them. She'd been behaving the same way and now that she recognizes that she's ashamed of herself. And uh she just kind of says, like, she gives him the necklace back and just like, yeah, I, I don't want to go home with you. Yeah, like, we're... But she grows from it. It's nice. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and he's, then st- he's like... He's <laughs> such a such fucking douchebag. He's like, okay, but we're not anything alike. Right, yeah, we're not alike at all. And then Haruko just wangs him on the head with the guitar. And if that's where that ended, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, and... But she goes, mature, not mature, that doesn't matter. The only, most important thing is how big you are. Right, because she kind of tries to use his N.O. and just a tiny little car comes out of it. And she it's just yeah. like... Yeah, and this scene by itself is not explicitly sexual, I don't think. But you've already used this imagery to talk about the size of someone's penis before. Yeah. So, like, uh, and that... that you, I can't divorce that, this scene, from that context. Yeah. In a way that, like, this, the emotional, like, character stuff in this scene was really solid. And was a good moment. Like, this guy got burned. And you didn't need to add on, also, he has a tiny penis. Like, what? No. Yeah, like, it's not needed. And, like, especially because, like, the emotional moment where, like, the beat we're supposed, like, we're just about to get is also really good. Right. That, Uh, like. Yeah. It all worked so well. Like, yeah, like, part of the reason why this is probably one of the best episodes of this whole thing, of this whole series, is because, like, it's just a really good emotional arc over the course of this. Yeah, and, like, mm, In a very believable way, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, of course, this girl who's, like, everyone's like, oh, you can be a model, you can be the, you know, you're so beautiful. Right. Like, it's trying to, like, put on this air of being, like, really important and really, like... Right, like, we're gonna find out in the next episode she doesn't even want to be a model. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, like, to be fair, like, Haruko is obviously not literally, literally talking about dick size, because 
she's talking to a group of what I think we're supposed to presume are cis women. Yeah. So like, you know, she she means she means you need to have big dick energy. Yes. But all the same, it's just it's not needed. Yeah, like and and she is not like explicitly being like you need to have like this uh, really nice dick. Right. It, yeah, it's just again, if it was not due to the earlier uh context that this was given. Yeah. I feel I'd be okay with this. I agree. Yes. Um and uh, I you know what now that you've mentioned the idea of like Haruko not being in this show, I'm just imagining a version where like I don't know, radiation from that pin made a guitar come out of uh Kana's head in the first episode and it's just her struggling to like figure out how to win these robot fights without any without yeah. Haruko there. And that'd be a way better show. Yeah. But uh they all have gotten kebabs uh on on the house from Haruko. Yeah. Uh and it, like the boy just says something like this is what I get for hanging out with a bunch of kids and, like, storms off. Yeah, which is... Just, God. Yeah. Uh, but Kana, like, takes it by and, like, immediately, like, blows up because of all the spiciness. Right. It, like, yeah, Masan and uh, Pets are, like, totally fine with it. But, yeah, Kana, her, like, head erupts like a cartoon character. Uh, and Hajiri takes a bite and is clearly, like, struggling really hard not to react similarly. Yeah. And then she just it- kind of turns to them and says, like, it's really spicy. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a nice little thing of, like, acknowledging, like, like that that doesn't make you mature to pretend like the spice doesn't bother you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, like, there's lots of nitpicks in these, but overall, they're really good. Yeah, it's just a really, like, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. With this series, which is, like, I something I haven't had since. And, like, a lot of stuff to, like, think about and talk about. Yeah. And, like, not in a way that is, like, oh, this is fucked up because of this. Right. In a way that is, like, oh, like, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Yeah, very much so. And, like, the parts where it's the worst are the parts where it's trying to be fully coolie. Yeah. Uh, so I looked up... Um, the writer because it okay. has like the script. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it looks like he is uh the same uh guy who wrote all of uh FLCL Progressive and FLCL Alternative. Huh. Okay. Well, he did yeah, a better like, job on this one. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the difference in quality between those two is just so stark. And, yeah, like, part of it is just, like, I enjoy watching stories just about natural friends. Right. Like, na- like natural-sounding friends. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like, the how it handles maturity is so much better. Right. Because, like, what it's going for is... Like, such a more nuanced and, like, reasonable take. Yeah. It's it's what we said at the, for about the first season, which is what it should have ended with is the mature thing he needed to do was, oh, I'm still a kid. Right. Which, they, instead of being told, oh, you're still a kid. Yeah. And... Well, makes... And, too, like, to talk about the, the first show some more, like, the first episode of the first show, the, like... 
stinger of it is he finally, like, makes himself drink the sour drink. And it's yes. supposed to be a message about, like, yeah, growing up means, like, you know, exposing yourself to new experiences and maybe even, like, learning to deal with things that aren't what you want. Whereas this one is much more about, like, hey, you know what? Your boundaries are important, and if you don't like something, it's okay to, like, voice that feeling. Yeah, like, refusing to eat a food because you don't like that type of food yeah, isn't something that makes you, like, less than an adult. Right, maturity doesn't mean putting up with every bad thing that ever happens to you and not complaining. Yes. Or not being able to show, like, emotional vert- like vulnerability. Yeah. Ah, I like it. Like, ah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I, I, I don't know if it will go as bad as one does. That's the thing, right? We loved one for the first three episodes. Yeah, like, I think part of this, though, is I do just like the characters more in this. Yeah. Like, I like Mamimi, but, like, Mamimi has all of her fucking issues. Definitely. And... Like, Nauta, like, he's a dipshit, but, like, he's a relatable dipshit in some ways. Right, and kind of the same with Nina Mori. Yeah. But and, Nina and, Mori also basically is just a background extra, except for one episode. Yes. Like, it almost feels kind of random that she gets a spotlight episode. Like, it could have, like, been a spotlight episode about any of the other friends, like the two boys. Right. And it would have made as much sense. Yeah. Uh, Like... The the frame group for this one just feels so much stronger to me that yeah it, like I feel like at the even through the end if it drops the ball so hard right I will still enjoy some parts of it yeah uh so we're at the third episode a freestyle collection freestyle collection there's things I really like in this one I think it's probably my least favorite of the three yeah I would agree with that um. We do open up with the, a good joke. I like this joke. So you go ahead and explain it. So it's just like the f- opening shot is just like a dog's asshole while it's wagging its tail. Yeah. And we just see Haruko surrounded by these adorable dogs. These like and, little like toy like poodles yeah, kind of things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we know from the old show that like she can communicate with her superiors through animals. And she's just got, like, six dogs here trying to get one of them to get the line to go through. Yeah, and it's just, like, someone imitating, like, a... Sorry, like, the number here. And, like, you know, leave your message at the wolf. Right. And, yeah, she she just gets mad. She kind of ominously talks about how they don't have much time left, and there's, like, a shot of the medical Volcanica. Yeah. Uh, and then we see, uh... Ma- like, a lot of, like, construction work on right. a road. Yeah, and we see and Masan, who is directing traffic outside of the construction site. And she has heavy bags under her eyes. Yeah, like, this is so much more, like... I'll, progressive head the plot line with, like, oh, you don't know that, like, Ide, like, after school has this super hard job he has to do. But that was, like, cartoonish in a way that you couldn't even really believe it. This feels so much more grounded. Yeah, like, it's still cartoonish in parts. Right. But, like, it's a believable, like, this person is working extremely hard to do these things. Exactly. 
Yeah, she's uh, like yeah, directing traffic and like falling asleep, and her and she ends up like falling asleep, like just totally, right? And her falling over, and her boss is like, "You should probably go home for the night." Right. Uh, and she kind of just salutes and runs off. Uh, uh, there's a very good Kana scene. Yeah, where she <laughs> blocks. It's like raining, and she blocks a truck coming by. Yeah, she can see a truck coming up, so she just like holds her umbrella towards the road to block uh, the splash. And she's like, ha, better luck next time. And then just immediately gets splashed by the next truck that was right behind it. Yeah, extremely good. Yeah. Um, and so she's like drying herself off with a handkerchief. And they're like, hey, the teacher's like, hey, by the way, you really need to get these college uh, things in. Now, like, I'll get in trouble if you don't. So please do it. <laughs> right. And well, there's, like, there's also a scene where the two boys are wrestling and like the one is taking his shirt off and is trying to take Kana's crush's shirt off. Yeah. Do they was there a reason why or are they just doing that? I think they're just doing it. Yeah. And like everyone's teasing Kana about like, oh hey, you better get a good look at, you know, your the shirtless boy. And she's like, again, does not seem horny in the slightest. No. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, all of the, the, our friend group, uh, like the main friend group, has to submit their ones except for Masan. Right. Who has pink hair now. Yeah, she's like streaks of pink in her pigtails. It's yeah. good. It's cute. Uh, but she reveals that she is a fashion designer. Right. Uh, and so... Like, she wants to be a designer, but she's kind of like, I don't really want to talk about it just because it's kind of embarrassing. It's such a, you know, big dream. Right. I like that they're like, oh, I don't see the type to design clothes. And they're like, no, yeah, you totally do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, also, you're really bad at being humble about things. <laughs> so you may as well just not be. Yeah, like... Because she entered a contest and she's gotten past the first round. Yeah, yeah. So, like, now she's going to go, like, to, like, the main one. Right. Which, I... Because, again, in this episode, they also point out that, like, Hijiri doesn't really want to be a model. Which is yeah. interesting, because it feels like the obvious payoff to this would be, you know, you have now someone who wants to be a fashion designer and a model. That seems like an obvious, like, thing to fit together. But then it it doesn't seem like it's really going that way. Yeah, because like when someone eventually models for her, it's not her. Right. Uh. And Kana's like, no, listen, you should tell us your dreams because we're your friends. Yeah. And friends support each other's dreams. Yeah. Again, uh, it's nice. Yeah. Um, we're back at the soba shop. The right. prime minister is doing another press conference. <laughs> yeah, because now she's talking about the. Well, Listen, there's a lot of rumors that all this, uh, that, like, the space station that we're building and all these rocket launches are, is really, we're just trying to evacuate members of the government and, like, the wealthy elites off of the Earth. That's crazy. You're yeah. crazy. That's, why would you think that, huh? Which, I was like, oh, okay, they're just kind of yeah going for this. And the guy goes, oh, a line comes naturally to her as breathing. Yeah. Uh, and then all of the girls except Masson are hanging out at the soba shop. 
I feel like I would never hang out at the place that I worked. Yeah, no. I would. I guess maybe she gets cheap so, like food there. Maybe, but also like actively like roasting her boss in a way that like, man, especially if I'm a teenager with a part time job, I do not want to get fired. It seems like they have like a yeah. This seems like a cool old dude. Right. Because he's talking about how he used to be a DJ until one night he was visited by the god of Soba, who had uh, dreadlocks made of noodles for hair. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're smoking way too much weed, my man. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, that's why he quit his job as a DJ to open up a Soba shop. And they all are laughing because, like, I would actually really appreciate a god just coming down and tell me what to do. Yeah. Because I feel like I have no idea what I'm going to do. Right. And her friends are just like, well, you could just be in high school forever. <laughs> and she's like, no, that's not going to work. I just, I need to be more like Masan. And uh, Hajiri's like, yeah, you can't be. I don't think I could be. Like, yeah. have you not noticed that Masan is, like, an extreme workaholic? Yeah, she is working all the time. Like, hey, do you remember in eighth grade when no one wanted to do anything for the school festival and she just stayed at school all night long and did everything by herself? And then, like, the next day was in charge of, like, I think the haunted house. Yeah. And they're all, like, very impressed by how hard she can work. And this episode is definitely not, like, about like burnout or anything really yeah there's a little bit of that but it's mostly just like oh hey our goofy friend is actually like a really dedicated worker and like you know maybe we take that for granted about her yeah like she works really hard like she was the one who was wanting to build this like rocket when they did it right yeah because this monologue about like how hard she was working on the eighth grade school festival is overlaid with her at her job at a construction site working Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, like and again, it's just these people being good friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then it cuts to the next day where <sighs> she's just like shoveling rice balls in her mouth. Yeah, it's like sucks. nonstop. Like, right after this scene about what a good person she is and how cool it is that she's so hardworking, it immediately yeah. cuts into, like, maybe the, like, most hard, like, the hardest fat joke. Yeah. Of her just, like, double-fisting rice balls into her mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's just completely, like, zombie-eyed as she's doing this, and they're all kind of worried about her. And you could do this in so many other ways that don't involve just, like, binge eating. Or, like, mm, if you wanted to make it, hey, she's ultra stressed out and, like, she binge eats as, like, a coping mechanism, okay, but you don't need to make it a a joke when you portray it. Yeah. Like, that can just be a thing. It doesn't have to be, look at how funny it looks when she keeps putting more and more rice balls in her mouth. Yeah. Uh, Uh, She just keeps putting them in her mouth without swallowing. So Kana, like, encourages her to stop for a minute and chew her food and swallow. But she's eaten so many now that she starts to choke when she does that. Yeah, and she ends up at the nurse's outfit. Like, or not the nurse's outfit. At the nurse's office. Uh, uh-huh. Because they're saying doctor's outfit on screen. Right. Uh, and the doctor is Haruko, of course. Right. And here's maybe where we get her most predatory. Yeah, what the hell is this scene, even? Yeah, like... 
I'm sad that this is probably my least favorite of these three episodes because I again I like Masan as a character. She's I like the Masan scenes in this episode. It's just that there's a lot of like yeah bad shit in this one also. Yeah, because she makes them all take their clothes off and she starts like perving out over their body parts. Like, uh, oh, you got such a small waist. Oh, you got such you know big gazangas. Like, oh, and then for Kana, she's most interested in her forehead because right. And oh, and it's just like yeah, like Harko going back to her characterization of being this pedophile pervert. Right. When again, this show seems like it doesn't want to be a show about sex in that way, which just makes this feel invasive. And like, what the hell are you doing? We were having a nice time with our friends. Yeah. Like the thing. We're being good friends together, and you're one of our friends in this, like, thing. It could have just been, oh, yeah, I got a job as a nurse at things. (laughs) Like, the way I thought it was going to go partway through the first episode was that, like, Haruko is clearly older now, and it's either going to be, like, she's been doing the same thing for a long time, she's gotten older and more mature, and there would be kind of a narrative about how she's grown out of that kind of behavior, or that that kind of behavior has gotten all the more, like, sad and pathetic as she gets older and older and keeps acting the same way. Yes. And neither of those things are happening. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so she starts to... I mean, she takes out, like, a scalpel and a drill and starts working on Masan with them. And says that she's going to use a chainsaw. Right. Uh, They're like, oh, is she going to be okay? And it's like, well, I mean, then she just starts, like, monologuing about how, well, is it is it okay for us to really tamper with human life? Who can say? And then Masan starts just monologuing about all the food she wants to eat. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, it's... Uh, again, this fe- because so much about Masan feels, uh, like, good-spirited, it honestly feels like they just don't understand... It, it feels like they think you have to be that food obsessed to be as heavy as Masan is. Yeah. And, like, it's not... impossible to have that kind of figure if you're not just constantly eating and thinking about food. Yeah. And that's just not like, how it works. when we see her family, they're all also obsessed with food. Right, like, her... Yeah, because that's where it goes next, because Haruko just says she's fine, she's just overtired, and... She's just overworking and overeating. Yeah. Uh, so they take her home to rest, and yeah, you see that her mom is also overweight, and her two younger siblings are overweight and are just drawing pictures of food. Yeah. And like, f- f- fuck off! Yeah, it fucking sucks. It's just so weird that the same people that can write the scenes that are so, like, kind in this show can also write this shit. Yeah, it... It just is a big bummer. Yeah. And, like, it could have been a nice, cute thing of, like, oh, yeah, like, the, the her younger sisters are, are, are like, drawing her food because, mm-hmm. like, they're young kids. And they just, like... Right. That's, that's a young kid thing. Sure. Uh, but, like... The way it is framed because of the context, 
it just makes it like, oh, this is all just big fat jokes. Right. And like the one like the at the risk of sounding like I'm letting them off the hook, which I'm super not, it it almost would have been easier for them to make it that she wants to be like a gourmet chef, you know? Where like mm-hmm. food is literally the only concept she's capable of thinking about. And yeah, I like, at least appreciate that they gave her a hobby and a passion that doesn't involve food. Yeah, that she can be, like, more multifaceted than just food. Yeah, except she can't be most of the time. Yeah, it's when she is having this, emo- like, emotional scenes that, in, like, heart-to-heart conversations, she can, but most of the time she can't, and that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, her mom basically explains she feels really bad that uh, Masan is working so hard, and she wishes that they could just pay tuition to send her to fashion school, but they just can't afford that, uh, which is why she's working herself to death on all these jobs. Yeah, that, like, that's why she has like such a very like intensive side job. Uh, like I think there's a line where she's like working her side job so much it's like a full-time job. Yeah. And that's why she's trying to win this designer contest, because then that could be, like, an end. Right, exactly. Uh, so the kids all just kind of think, well, hey, you know, she's a friend, we should help. Well, why don't we, like, go work her shift for her tonight? Yeah. Uh, so they all and, go down to the construction site. And Haruko's working there now. <laughs> yep. Again, it's a funny joke that she's always working everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and she's just kind of being an asshole. Right. She's uh, just making their lives harder while they're trying to get these jobs done. Yeah, it's like Kana's moving a wheelbarrow and Parko's sitting in it, yelling at her to go faster through a megaphone. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they are all just like, like, Pets and Hajiri are just dead tired. Uh, and... Kana is tired, but she's like, no, you know, I, I feel good that we're here helping our friend. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um, but then Masan shows up. Mm-hmm. And she's very angry. Yeah. Uh, and she basically just says, like, who the hell told you to come out here and do this? Uh, this is my dream, and it only counts if I do everything by myself. Mm-hmm. Which is... Okay. It's a thing where, and they, like, have a discussion about it. Yeah. I can understand that line of thinking. Like, where that Absolutely. comes from. Yes. Especially when you've seen the circumstances. Yeah. Where it's where like, it's she what... just hasn't been able to rely on anyone else this up to this point. Yeah. And, like, through not through anyone's fault. Just, like, it's tough. Yeah. She, like, can't rely on her mom because it's a, re- it's a global recession. Like, right. And she... also her mom has two other kids. Yeah. And so she's like, no, I need to do this by myself. So one, I can prove to like myself and everyone else that I can do this. Yeah. And two, I can't rely on anyone else right. anyway. So like, why? Like you coming in to help would only fuck this up. Right. And so they have this like uh, talk about it where it's like, we should have asked her. Yeah. And... And and they basically just say, like, yeah, like, Kana's mad that she's being so stubborn about this, and her other two friends are just like, eh, I mean, it's her dream, she should get some say in how she does it. 
Yeah, where it's like, it's not like, oh, we should just leave her alone. Right. It's very much still like, we need to work with her. Yeah. And help her in a way where she feels okay about that. Right. Uh, Kana's walking home and she's all emotional and she comes across a pin. Uh, just, and, and there are like so many pins now. Yeah, the, the background is just covered in pins and she like bumps into one in the street and instead of walking around it, she just like starts kicking it. Mm-hmm. And like, not even all that hard, but like just enough that she's like, eh, eh. And, like, uh, very yeah. relatable. And, oh, like, yeah. And, uh, fuck this. Right, exactly. And her N.O. goes off, and, uh, like, something starts, like, emerging out of her head. But then it's just, like, this weird, goofy little TV robot. Yeah, and it says, leave her alone on it. Yeah. And, uh, then and Haruko descends from the sky using some of the, like, traffic batons, like, lightsabers. Yeah. And, uh, kills the robot with them. Mm-hmm. And Harker goes like, oh, you're kind of useless with all of this. <laughs> right. And she's just like, I'm sorry. I'm useless. Like, she's just having a bad day. Yeah, and it's playing in that uselessness uh, in a way where it is, like, playing into her own insecurities about, like, being useless not only to help Masan, but, like, being useless in what talent she has to move forward. Right. Exactly. Uh, uh, I wrote a note here. It was like, all of these girls are spending really late nights out. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Haruko kind of uh, chastises her for like another robot coming out. She says, oh, you have no self-control. You're like a horny boy. Which again, there's, there, mm, it's, it's a theme that keeps coming up. Yeah. But I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, and she just kind of says like, yeah, I'm sorry. I am useless. And yeah. there's an untranslated word here, or I think... It, uh, a hikamori. Yeah. A shut-in, basically. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I don't know if there's, like, a more specific, like, connotation to it in Japanese, but it basically, she just says, like, all right, well, just go home and be a shut-in, then, if you're so useless. It's basically, like, you've completed all of your schooling, but you just don't do anything. Right. Uh, I've also heard it referred to as a... Uh, Doing security from home. Oh, okay. And because you're you're always at home, so Right. Just like as a kind of like a joke of like, oh yeah, sometimes he he's doing security from home. I see. Uh but the robot starts ringing and she's like, Oh come on, come on, come on. <laughs> right, and Haruko just starts uh, a rap musical number. Yeah. Weird, but okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I This felt very cringy to me. But, uh, yeah, I did, you go ahead. I did, like, kind of just go, like, why are you rapping? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, but basically, the, the thrust of Haruko's song is that uh, Kana is, in, is kind of uh, a busybody and kind of butts into other people's business. And, like, you say you're doing it to help your friends, and that's great, but uh, aren't you really kind of doing it for, like, your own benefit? Yeah. So that you, like, have something to do. Uh, and she also, Hark also says that she's got no HQ and has no friends. Yes. 
Yeah. And how she, you know, like, I'm alone and I don't see an end. Right, yeah. She's just trapped fighting Medical Mechanica forever. Yeah. And also she's afraid of the internet or something. Afraid of the internet fashion girl? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I don't really got what that, what that was about. No, me neither. Uh, but then she, like... Says like, all right, freestyle, and like leaves it for Kana to join in, and instead Kana just starts laughing. Yeah. And uh, Kana like goes to do like some say anything bullshit. Yeah. She's like, she's literally like holding up a boombox, isn't she? I thought she was on her phone. Oh, it is her phone. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because uh, Masan is at home. Like, trying to knit this whole thing together. Right. And, uh... And, of course, like of course, Masan's, up. like, phone case is a french fries box. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, it, no, she doesn't have a phone, she has a Diet Coke can. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but Masan has, yeah, a cell phone, like, a smartphone case that's just, like, a big rubber thing of french fries wrapped around it. Yeah, which, again, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they yeah. talk when they talk about Diet Coke, like, what are you trying to say? Right, but give me a Diet Coke. And she's like, no, they just didn't have Dr. Pepper. Right. <laughs> Which is weird that they are so like cavalier about like the brands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think you ever see a full logo of either thing. Oh no, I you t- see a Diet Coke right there. Yeah, and you Weird. see Dr. Pepper definitely in the first episode where they're cutting up like, all the bottles. Like Dr. Peh, and then the rest of it was cut off. But yeah, there is definitely a Diet Coke here. I know. I, I thought that there was a doctor, like a full one. At you one might point. be right. Yeah, yeah. But um, Kana basically says, "I'm sorry for butting into your business, um, but I'm also not going to stop because you're my friend and I love you." But this yeah. time, like, I want to do it on your terms. I'm asking permission. I want you to tell me what I can do to support you. Yeah. And, like, even if that is just supporting you. Right. Like, like I, in- I, I'm not going to just do something so that I can take credit for it. I just want to be here for you. Yeah. And she also points out, like, that, like, hey, the big name designers have assistants. Yeah. Like, no one does this by themselves. Right. And yeah. Masan is like, okay, uh, like sometimes it bunches up and it makes me like waste fabric. We could let's do this, right? Uh, and also, they are looking up and there's like a red light in the sky, which I like has been like in almost every episode. Yeah, I think that's the space station the prime minister was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, uh... So Kana, then we, got a, we get a montage. Yeah, we get a dressmaking montage. Uh, well, they're just, like, you know, working on it together. You know, uh, Hassan is... Or Masan is basically doing everything while Kana is just working to, like, help. Yeah. Uh, uh, at they, some point, they do, like, team a teamwork exercise, which is making Masan work out. Uh, no, it's, uh... They had one teamwork efficiency, which is what they... Worked on first. And oh, yeah. Then oh, basic stami- training to increase stamina. Yeah, so, like, she doesn't get as tired. Right. But, like... Okay. She yeah. works... She works at a construction site for, like, eight hours a day every day. No, yes, it is... She's getting impl- plenty of physical activity. Yeah, it, it... Like, that is why she is so tired. Yeah. Like, it is definitely implying that reason... Like, a part of the reason why she is so tired is because... <laughs> 
Yeah, is that, is like, that she's she overweight, isn't, like, working so, like, out oh, enough. Yeah, and Kana's gonna make her exercise to... And, like, again, fuck off! Yeah. It's just, yeah, bleh. Uh, but the rest of the montage is nice and good. Yeah, and they end up, like, sleeping, like, right next to each other. Right. Uh, there's a... I like that they end up putting the dress on a... Like anatomical doll. Yeah, so it's just this like horrible dummy with just musculature everywhere. Yeah. While they're putting this fancy dress on, it's great. Uh, so there's this big like fashion show, and there's a DJ, and all these different people in fashion, and all of the judges look like Pokemon characters. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but they're about to announce the finalists. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're about to announce the winner. Everyone is there. I like that <laughs> Masan is, like, very dressed up, and everyone else isn't. Yeah, like, not even just all of the other, her friends. Right. But, like, everyone else is, like, very... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, she's in, like, a really fancy dress, and then Kana's right next to her in, like, an oversized, like, basketball jersey. Yeah. And I, I, I like it just because it plays into, like, Masan is, like, really wants to do this. Like, she right. is nervous, and part of, like, making her feel less nervous is I'm going to dress up and, like, yeah. look nice when I go out. Definitely. To this, and, like, look how I think a designer should look. Yeah. Uh, but she ends up losing. Yeah, she loses. Uh, the, the girl, like, sitting next to her wins. And she's pretty clearly kind of crushed for a moment. Um... But, and, like, this isn't what was happening last episode where she's pretending like she's not upset by it. Yeah. She's just saying, like, like everyone's trying to comfort her, like, oh, hey, you know, you did your best, and that that's what matters. Just, you know, well, luck like, of the draw, right? Uh, like, Pets and Hajiri are, like, both, like, just fucking, like, stone-faced, like, oh, no, this is... Right, exactly. And, yeah, Kana is basically saying, fate just wasn't our side today, that's all. And Masan just like, no, I mean... I didn't do a good enough job. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, like, but and you, not in yeah. a way that is like, oh, I'm, I am defeated. Right. She's just like, that's we, we didn't do the best job of anyone here. But you know what? I had fun doing it because I did it with my friends. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> they're friends. They're good friends. I like these kids. Yeah, I, these kids are all right. Yeah. Uh. But then the host is calling out the model in the winning designer's uh, outfit to come out one more time. Yeah. And then the music and... suddenly stops and no one comes out. Mm-hmm. And the, like, screens kind of cut to security footage of backstage where... And yeah, you, you can obviously hear Haruko going, like, I'm not gonna, like, I'm a big shot model. Like, and I'm, I'm not gonna wear something, you know, like that. Right, they're like, but that was the winning design, and then it cuts to static, and the light show comes on, and Haruko comes out in Masan's dress. Yes. I don't know how I feel about this whole, like, last act. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I like the idea of Haruko and the Soba dude, because he has replaced the DJ. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, like, also coming together to, like... Nah, fuck that. <laughs> right. But 
it also seems like an action scene just because they needed one. Yeah, yeah, and it just feels like Masan is having like this nice emotional moment. Like she's she lost, but she's being mature about it, and like actually mature about it. And they're having a conversation that you know it's just all the more motivation to work harder next time. Yeah, and, like it it feels like a complete thing, and then this happens. Yeah, and I feel like I would hate it a lot more if it ended with, like, because she gets the interview at the end. Right. And Masan is like, I'm going to use this to become the best model. Right. And, like, if uh, she had used that to, like, I don't, like, if it had been, like, tied up way too nicely on that... Right, if it had been like, oh, I guess or she wins like after all, or whatever. Big you know? shot designer came up and was like, "Oh, I thought your dress was like the most, like the most beautiful," and so that's I'm gonna like, you know, yeah, you know, we'll talk about this later. And she's like, <gasps> like, but like the fact that it still right. ends on the same kind of emotional beat work is okay. It definitely brings it back around, and I, I like it just fine. It's just, it feels like an unnecessary yeah. scene. Of, like, I would almost say, like, they should have flipped around the order of things. And again, this is me imagining a version of the show where Haruko is just not in it. Yeah. Because, again, you have this whole idea that Hijiri is a model, but she doesn't really want to be. Like, they could just have set it up so that, like, oh, shit, they, like, are a model short. There's no one to model uh, Masan's dress. And Hijiri, like, volunteers to do it. And it's like, oh... You know, even though I don't really like modeling, like, I like you, and I'll do this for you. And, like, have the same big moment of, like, hey, a character we like coming out in her dress. Yeah, that that could work. Like, and then and then have it end on them losing, you know? Yeah. Uh, this whole Haruko scene just feels pointless. Yeah, it does. A lot of the Haruko scenes in this feel pointless. Kinda. Like, yeah, the, the points where I think this is the worst is when it's directly, like, FLCL. Yep. And I think the point where this works the best is where it is taking the themes and, like, what FLCO was trying to say. Uh-huh. And does them way better. Yep. 100%. But, like, I, I there's a good bit from Hajira where she's like, oh, yeah, like I said, Masan's really fucking awesome. Right. Because now she's talking about being a model in addition to being a fashion designer. Yeah. Well, I, she does say, like, America's Next Top Model, and I wonder if, like, that's, like, they're trying to say because like America's Next Top Model is all is actually just about designing. <laughs> oh, is it? Wait, no. Uh, is it? I, I, there's one of those that like actually is about. I think it's America's uh, Next Top. Well, no, because I mean that's Next Top Model. I would assume that would be about being a model. Okay, no, that yeah, like there's another one, the one ho- hosted by Tim Gunn. Uh, was it Say Yes to the Dress? Is that a show? Say Yes to the Dress is about wedding dresses. Okay. I don't know a lot of reality TV. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Product yeah. One Ray, that was what it was. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, no, so you're right. She's trying to be a model also. Well, and she also says uh, the world's top model, which I don't know if that's a show. Yeah. Uh, but they high five because they like had high five when they finished the dress. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Like I said, it's still got good parts, but... It's just the one with the most, like... Man. <laughs> yeah, it's the one where the problems we have with the show are, like, at their most bad. Yeah, it's got that awful Haruko scene. It's got all the awful fat shaming and yep. fat jokes. It's 
yeah, it's just... Yeah. It makes it... While, like, the previous two were, like, really fun and, like, had little moments of uh, bits that were, like, really good. Right. Or, like, I mean, not, like, really good. Like, we're, like, we're bad. Right, right, right. But, like, this one, it seems like the balance was more off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I hope that isn't, uh, like, a sign of what's to come. Right. I don't think it will be because I think part of the problem with this episode was that it was a Masson spotlight and that's going to lead to more uh, fat shaming. Yeah. Um, with, I think that's that's what's weird about it. That uh, is that none of the fat shaming is like diegetic. Like you can tell that this was made by fat phobic people, but it's not, there's nothing fat phobic in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. It's, it's not even to the point of, like, we were talking about Sailor Moon earlier. Like, Sailor Moon, like, I love it. Yeah. But one of its big problems is that everyone's always making fun of Usagi's weight. And to be fair, they they don't do that all the time, but there's, like, what a, like the third episode is all about how overweight Usagi is. Yeah, when she <laughs> when looks she like has a... the same fucking character model as everyone else. Which is a stick. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like... It is, like, if you're going from the writing, it's very clear that Usagi is supposed to be maybe, like, a little chubby. Yeah. But that doesn't come across in the art in the slightest. Like, I've seen a lot of fan art of Sailor Moon where she is, like, drawn more like Masan. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and... it Like, I wish I could just be so happy that, like, a character like Masan gets to be this cool character. Right. But it's all... Like... Every scene we see her, she's either eating or has, like, a arm full of food. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I, th- I think that is going to end up being our big problem for this season. Right. Or, or it will go the other way, and uh, this, like, bit at the end of this episode about her becoming a model, yeah. her, like, hyper-working, like, her workaholism is going to manifest in her, like, crash dieting for the rest of the show and getting, like, skinny. I hope that's not where that goes. God, I hope that's not where it goes. I have heard enough from people who I trust with this specific topic. Yeah. That I don't feel like that's where it's going to go. Okay, that's good to hear. Like, not, like, full, like... It was, hey, this has a lot of problems, but I think it's the best of the FLCLs, which is what I've I've heard from some people for this. Definitely, yeah. Uh, And it's kind of, at this moment, where I'm leaning, if it... maintains the same level of quality. I I think it's definitely the best in terms of writing so far. Yes, it definitely... It's not the best in terms of animation. No. Like, notice even with Progressive, we noticed, like, oh, this cool animation bit. Yeah, but I also feel like uh, Progressive did tend to hold on to a lot of that till the end. Yes. Like, episode five was the really cool visual episode of Progressive, so, like, there's time for this one to do cool stuff. Yeah, but also I feel like that's just, like, what it's less interested in. For sure. It feels like it is more focused on the characters of the writing, and it's something that FLCL has needed to focus on for a very long time. Yeah. Again, this feels like a just fun slice-of-life anime that maybe isn't anything remarkable or unique, but it's well-executed. Yeah. It's, like, it reminds me a lot of, like, things like Place Further from the Universe or uh, Laid-Back Camp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also just really like these characters a lot. 
Yeah, me too. Uh, Kana, we've talked about how great she is. Right. Uh, Hajira's really fun. Uh, Masan's really fun. Like, the only one we really haven't seen much is Pets, which I feel like she's going to get the next episode. Yeah, if, if the pattern holds up, episode four will be a Pets spotlight episode. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, and I don't, again, I'm not worried about it, but the other way this could go bad is if it starts playing more into Kana being boyish. Yeah. Which I don't think that's where it's going to go. No. Like, I think your nightmare scenario is much more believable than sure, yeah, that yeah, yeah. one. But, yeah. Like, there, there, we got a question, which we got a few questions. Okay. Uh, from at Dormingu, which is, is it is this feeling to be better? Are you worried it'll let you down again? Which I am still worried they'll let me down again. Just because yep. that has been the, like, yeah. Even with Progressive, which we didn't like the first three episodes that much. Right. But, like, the latter half of that was much more disappointing than the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the first one, we it was such a stark drop in quality where we were like, hey, maybe this is great. And then, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I would... I like these first three episodes. It would be nice if it followed through on it and it came, even if it came out the other end and I felt like, ah, that was kind of directionless and didn't really amount to anything. At least it's created some like entertaining characters that I had fun spending time with, you know? Yes. I would like it to have really develop a narrative and like tie everything together and feel like a complete package in that way. But even if it doesn't, that's fine. I'm just worried that it's going to completely tank and get bad at the back half. Yeah. Like I obviously like what is happening with the pins? Like I don't need like a big thing about it, but no, like just where are they coming from? Would help. Right. Uh, like maybe they're coming from the, um, satellite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, if you're going to do it, like, actually pull up, like, do the, oh, all of the rich people are trying to get off of the Earth. Right, exactly. Like, which seems like what they're going for. Oh, for sure. It's just that, like, Kanas is less interested in, it's, like, more interested in her having this, like, final time with her friends. Right. Which I like. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, yeah, there's obviously, like, they're gonna pull the trigger on the the mall at some point. Yeah. Like, there's things that they're seeding. It's just more in the background. Than ever before. Yeah, like, definitely more in the background than Progressive. And I I feel like probably more in the background than the original show, too. Yeah. Uh, Also from Dormingu, mostly for Luke. You find the other pillow albums elsewhere since your last looked? Uh, I haven't. I haven't looked, but, uh, yeah. They should put more of those on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, They're a good band. And then, not technically a question, but from more curiosity, uh, it's so weird that after the Utter Trash Progressive was, the alternative turned out, at least in the epi- uh, first episode I watched, to be everything a sequel to Fully Cooly should be if oh, it needed oh, to exist Spotify at all. Spotify has two albums by the Pillows now. Oh, nice. They're still, like, the ones from 91 and ones from 92, so it's none of their more recent stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but, like, yeah, just... This seems like the sequel that, if Fully Cooly needed a sequel, this seems to be more it than Progressive. Yeah. I, progressive was just nothing. Yeah. Progressive was a lot of ideas that they didn't... Ugh, ah. Yeah, like... And... It is not in direct way of, like, in... As it could be, but, like, Fully Cooly Alternative is looking back at what Fully Cooly was saying. Yeah. And, like, taking a much more measured and, like, reasonable response to it. Yeah. And, like, going in different ways that, like, make sense and, like, work way better for me. Very Like, all of the talk of maturity. Yeah. And I, th- I think this is a good continuation of what Fully Cooly like kind of set out to be. God, I just had another bummer version of like a nightmare scenario for how uh, this t- could end. Tell me. Well, because again, uh, you know, Kana is seventeen. Uh, she's she's growing up. She's moving on into the next phase of her life. What if they just do the ending from FLCL again and she kisses Haruko? Hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't feel like that's off the table in terms of possibility. No. I don't think that'll happen, but I don't know how much of that is just me being hopeful. Yeah, like... I don't know if... Yeah, like, I, I, I like... Other than, okay, you know what? The, the boy she has a crush on that they have done nothing with so far is maybe the best... Bull work against that idea because like they gotta do something with that subplot at some point mm-hmm. uh i did click on that character in the like fully coolie wiki yeah to see like i was like checking to see like something about his voice or like making sure it was the right character uh-huh and it just said there is no page for this character great <laughs> god all right well um, but, yeah, that's, I think, all we're gonna be able to talk about with this for, you know, talking about for around two and a half hours. Yeah, is that all? <laughs> yeah, I like these, yeah. and unlike last time, I'm actually looking forward to seeing more of it. Yes. It, I'm interested in seeing what happens next. Yeah, me too. Uh, in a way that I was not before. Yeah. And... Yeah, like we said, it maybe could go wrong, but I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. Uh, Luke, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find other shows I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as Let's Place, which is about video games, uh, Teenagers of Attitude, uh, Totally Reprised, which is do with you and our friend Molly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are the ones I'm on. Oh, uh, MCU Complete Me, which hasn't updated in a while, but, you know, those episodes are still there. Yeah, it's a good podcast. Yeah. Uh, how uh, about you, Ashley? Uh, you can find me also at Audio NGP with all of those great podcasts, including It's a Podcast After All, which is a podcast about theme parks. Podcast. <laughs> uh, and you can also find me at HeniaCackle.com and at Yuri Librarian with an underscore Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. Uh, and you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor, where if you want to get, like, these episodes super early. <laughs> right. 
Although maybe not anymore because of... Uh, yeah, you're going to be a little more busy now. Yeah. <coughs> um, but, but, yeah. That's it. Uh, I did notice that there was a Swing the Bat reference. Yeah, there was. Uh, when they were working at the construction site, Kano was just like, Come on, guys, swing that bat. Let's go. Yeah. Which, again, it's like, you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, until next time. Swing the, uh, nothing amazing ever happens here. Something amazing happens here. Yeah, something kind of amazing happens here. No, that... <laughs> <laughs>